All right, if everybody's nobody stopped recording, right? Everybody's still going. Wait, wait. Right. we weren't supposed to stop recording. Don't t- please tell me you kept going. What? Are you fucking with me? I can't tell. <laughs> Andy, are you there? Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody's still good, right? We're still going. Wait, so I'm just gonna. Do you need me to test again? No, no. If you're still recording, we're fine. You fucker. <laughs> what, are, what is happening? <laughs> So are we starting a new show that's going to air like two weeks from now? Is that what we're doing now? <laughs> it's part two. You're banking Completely it? Completely part two. Yeah. yeah. No, then we're going to do a whole, whatever, however long this is, I'm putting it up. I don't care. <laughs> we're going to make it work. All, like all eight minutes of unedited dead time right there? No, I'm going to take this out. We're, we'll, the we'll shit break doesn't this. stay in? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry to disappoint. I'll cut that part out, Mike. I'll email it directly to you so you have it <laughs> and you can keep it. We can bring it. We we can we can air the eight dead minutes during the hundred and fiftieth, and uh, have that be the remembrance of the shit break. We'll have a moment of silence for the shit break. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Mike Bradley. <sighs> Crickets. You know, <laughs> I'm so used to going last. That's exactly now, why I put you first. You went first, so... I gotta keep uh, you on your toes. You don't know when it's coming. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, so, Josh Zorich. That's me. I am uh, recording here, too. And I half expected Josh just to hand it off to Andy, but Andy Stoles is here as well. <laughs> What's up, p- 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 podcast people? If I if I was a better radio personality <laughs> or had better sensibilities or timing, that really would have been the natural thing to do. <laughs> Andy should go last. He's the only one that has like a signature intro. You know that 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 should be how you you know segue into things. <laughs> to be fair, in my outline, I had Bradley first, Andy second, Josh third. Because of your last names, I went in alphabetical order. Ah. Which I don't think I've ever done up until this point. No, because I've never been first before. I know. And I don't because think anybody you made... else that comes on the show is above a B. I don't think there's any A's. Plus, like, you know, a couple episodes ago when you were making a big stink about being last all the time, now I have to fuck with you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be prepared next time. I'm going to put you in the uh, middle next time. You're going to know what's happening. You know, but I'm going to be prepared. Though. Like, I'll actually have something to say. Like, usually I just play Bradley's off something that middle. somebody else says. <laughs> So Bradley being first, it kind of fucked me up. I didn't have anything. That you sounds be, delicious. You could be the meat. <laughs> as long as you guys are the Next buns time. and Andy's my cream. Oh, you just and then the weird. podcast turned for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome so to can... welcome to the last episode of yeah, this, this is... <laughs> So yeah, as you can tell, it's been a little while. We're shaking off some rust while we do the intro. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been a while for us. It's probably been a week, a month, not week, a month, a month and a half ish. I think somewhere on there, the episodes have been uh, a little bit less frequent recently. So I'm hoping we can get sort of back in the routine and maybe not do them every week. Every other week is hopefully the goal, but at least a little bit more frequently than we have been doing. So 
hopefully we can stick to that as long as we get some schedules and topics and go from there. I know Josh is ta- chomping at the bit to talk about some um, movie pass stuff, so we, I don't know if we're going to cover that this time, but maybe the next time we'll oh, that's uh, plant that's, that seed. Yeah, that's good. Lay those breadcrumbs. That's like a cliffhanger. That's right. That, that brings them back. <laughs> Give them a little Plus, taste. Got to gotta stay around to get it all. And, you know, to be fair, I'm not going to lie, I haven't really had too much of an inkling to want to do a podcast. I've been very distracted with playing Spider-Man. <laughs> so this has been a lot lower on my priority <laughs> list recently. Brian got a PS4. I, I, I bought a PS4 <laughs> specifically for Spider-Man. And I, at the time, I was worried about when this bill finally comes, which, to be fair, hasn't shown up yet. But I'm not regretting my decision at all. That game is fucking awesome. So if anybody's been reading on it, I think it, it did not disappoint. And I can't I can't put it down. It's really hard. What did it run you for that like special edition Spider-Man thing? Like that was awesome. It's the it's the same price as a PS4 Pro. So the regular PS4 Pro it doesn't cost any more or less, and then I get the game with it, so technically instead of buying a system and the game, I'm sort oh, of saving some that's money. Nice. This is the way I justified they, they give it in you the my game head. For free? That's awesome. The game and the the I guess technically the deluxe edition because it came with the the code for the first DLC pack. Either way, it was it was but, yeah. So basically, yeah. I got the game for free. Is the way I'm looking nice. at it. But yeah, it's it's fucking great. Honestly, uh, like the the game looks amazing, but that PlayStation itself, I was just like envious. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's pretty man, sick. Red with waited. the white spider symbol. I'm I'm digging it. Yeah. Um. All right. So we're gonna try to cover some stuff. There's probably a lot of stuff we haven't covered since we haven't done this for a while. So we're going to try to hit some of the more recent things and not backtrack too far. But um, so we're obviously going to stick with uh, the Captain Marvel trailer, which debuted earlier in a week, a couple days ago. We're going to save that towards the end uh, because we're going to lose Josh before we talk about that since he is already on media blackout mode for spoilers free zone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Honestly, I've enjoyed it. It, It's really not that hard it just takes a little bit of willpower and like for the last year at least i've been maybe taking like little tastes of of things that i've been interested in that were coming up but you know staying away from all the big stuff the big the long trailers and all of it i've had a much better movie going experience with a lot of genre stuff not just comic books but like i didn't watch much of the predator trailers um, some other stuff I saw over the summer, like Jurassic World, I probably enjoyed a little bit more than the the, the last Jurassic World because of that. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not that bad. So yeah, I'm gonna keep going on this uh, this kick for as long as I can. And I would really much like to do the same thing you're doing. I just don't have that kind of willpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. I, I, I try to, to limit myself. To see nothing. I try to I try to limit myself to maybe the first one or two trailers and then cut myself off just so I get a little bit of a fix to hold me over. But going the entire production without knowing anything or seeing anything and then seeing the movie is ideally how I'd like it to go. But I just I can't do it. Yeah, admittedly, it's it's taking a lot to it's it's taking it's taking more than the past movies to not watch Captain Marvel because that's been so long coming. I think they first announced that in what twenty. 15 2016 it's been a long time and now like post uh, infinity war it's like oh look finally like something brand new like it's not right it's a brand new character it's not a sequel and everything and so uh the 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 draw to it is is very strong because of because of all that but uh no it's it's going pretty good 
I, I was thinking I, I would love to go back to the time when you could just see a trailer for a movie you didn't know was coming at the movie theater and have that oh holy shit moment when you see the trailer at the theater. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's what I enjoy. There's a lot of stuff that I get those experiences with it still that I don't know. Like I don't hear anything about the production of it. I have no idea it exists until I'm sitting there to see something else, and those are still the better, the best times. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so since we're going to lose Josh, while we have Josh, uh, we're going to try to talk about some of the headlines that happens over the last probably couple weeks, week or two. Um, we have some DC news. We have some Marvel news. Uh, pretty much that's it. DC and Marvel. Yeah, that's what we're going to cover. Um, so we're going to kick it off with some DC stuff. Uh, first up, we have the Hollywood Reporter, which dropped an article earlier in the week that Henry Cavill is done as Superman. According to this article, he was set for a cameo in Shazam. Talks broke down during that discussion, possibly due to scheduling conflicts. It's also noted Warner Brothers doesn't have any plans for the Superman movie for probably at least a few years, which put any future appearances of Cavill as Superman in doubt. The other point that the article makes is that Warner Brothers may be shifting focus to a Supergirl movie, which in the article says that the Supergirl movie can't star Cavill as Superman because Kal-El was an infant in that story, but I don't think that's entirely true as far as the comic lore i was always under the impression that he number one he arrived on earth first right and that he was already at least like a teenager to like a 20 something by the time she lands yeah i'm thinking of like the title sequence for the supergirl tv show they explain that pretty much every time the show starts is that they she he was an infant at first they evacuated krypton around the same time she got thrown off course yeah, he he arrived to Earth first and grew up and became Superman, and then she showed up as a teenager. So if you stick to that, you can still use Cavill as Superman and have a young teenage Supergirl, and you're good to go. So I don't know who didn't want to make the effort there, but that seems like a screw up if that's true. Yeah, that the the point about that it seemed like it it was an odd it was an odd decision to put that forward as the reason he couldn't be in it. Yeah, like it's so it like may... it's like they wanted some explanation, and they're like, "Uh, this." Yeah, because if you read the article, everyone's still kind of being PC about it. Like Warner Brothers is saying, you know, we've loved our relationship with Cavill, and you know, we have no desire to not see him as Superman, or you know, something PC about it like that. Basically, it wasn't a denial, but it wasn't a confirmation either. So everyone seems like they're really just kind of skirting around the issue. Um, the other thing I found interesting in the article is they also make mention that Affleck is expected not to be Batman for Matt Reeves' upcoming movie, which that hasn't been confirmed either, so I don't know where they're pulling, if that's just still speculation on their part, or if they know something that we don't. Um, the other wrinkle is that just recently Cavill booked a job to star as The Witcher for Netflix, which is based on the, the Witcher video game series. So I don't know if that came about because suddenly his schedule opened up, or if this is the scheduling conflict that prevented him from being in Shazam. It's still a little bit unclear where the timeline of events sort of happened there. Um, but after all this stuff started breaking, the internet, I think, went into a shitstorm and was not happy with Warner Brothers with the fact that Cavill might be done. Cavill's agent, I think, was posting on Twitter that I think she said something about the, the, the cape is still in the closet, which seemed to mean that Cavill isn't out as Superman. Cavill posted something on Instagram that was very cryptic of him holding up a Superman figure, which he had said nothing in the little video clip, and the song was set to, like, Barking Dogs or something. It was really <laughs> fucking weird. That was strange. Yeah, I don't know what that was supposed to mean. 
so it's it's we're nothing official one way or the other. We don't know if Cavill is out. We don't know if he's in. But just to get some opinions, I mean, do you think there's any truth to this article? Do you think Warner Brothers is trying to clean the slate and again sort of <laughs> retcon everything that they've done with their shared universe and try to recast people and reboot or start over or whatever they're trying to do for the third or fourth time? Uh, let's start with Andy. I want to get Andy's opinion first. Let's throw him throw him to the wolves. Um, I wouldn't be surprised given their history that, the, that that's what they're doing. You know, yeah, just burn all the shit and be like, hey, look at all this <laughs> new other stuff over here. You know, like it's a magician's greatest trick, right? You know, getting people to not look over here but look over there. <laughs> so, um, which would work if lo- not looking over there was generating so much news? Right. Right. Um, I've always liked Cavill as as Superman. Like I liked Man of Steel, and like I, I liked him in BVS and everything. So I'd hate to see him go because I think he does sort of encapsulate what I've always envisioned Superman to be. In my Agreed. Head. Yes. So I'd be sorry to see him go, but right now I would think. I'm guessing that it's just speculation based on the large time gap between possible uh, appearances of him in movies. So just your opinion, do you think that he's out or in? Do you expect an official announcement that he's done? Or do you think we'll see him again as Superman in another movie? It might be a few years, but I'm guessing we'll see him again. Okay. Uh, Bradley, what do you think? Um, I, I mean, I think that kind of what Andy said, like, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it's a dumpster fire and fire sale, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Like, it, if they're just saying, like, screw it, let's try something different. Um, let's let Aqua Bro come out and then <laughs> move on to new, bigger and better things, I guess. It's a thought for them to do, but it's eventually they're just going to lose people because yeah. it's just too many reboots. It's kind of like if the buzz had not been around Spider-Man going back to Marvel after Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and then having to recast and start over again, I think the same thing would have happened to Spider-Man for Sony. But they got him back to Marvel, so it worked. I don't think they can pull the same thing with... We had Brandon Ruth, that didn't work out. We went with Henry Cable, that didn't work out. So we're going with a new Superman. Um, same people making the movies, and it's going to be not good, but we're going to do it. Um, it, it. I don't think they can get away with that. And as much as I liked Cable as Superman, I think you know the movies themselves fell more flat. Yeah. Uh, and that's a big problem, where he was the bright spot, and I think... Yeah, I mean, Superman should be the bright spot in a Superman movie, but he wasn't carrying the movie, if you will, to a better place. He was a very good Superman, but I just didn't think that... I guess that's the best way of saying it. He wasn't carrying the movie in spite of what was going on around him. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Okay, good. Are you finishing? Or are you... I, I was just going to say, and I, I think... I hope we'll see him again as Superman, and I think we eventually will. So you're sticking with he's not officially done yet? Do you think we'll actually get him back again? Yes. Okay. 
Uh, Josh, where do you stand? It uh, it seems like they since DC is generally and I guess we call them Warner Brothers. They're the they're the company. Um, it's like they 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 realized that they can't replicate the shared continuous universe model that Marvel so successfully put in put into action and they want to switch gears midway while they are still keeping two of those people namely Wonder Woman and Aquaman in their own solo capacity even though they've already been established in this team shared dynamic when they relegate Superman to Superman is only second to Batman as probably the most lucrative character ever made. And in the public consciousness, like, yes, pretty much every American person in uh, in terms of pop culture knows the name Batman. They all know the name Superman. Right now, their strongest property happens to be Wonder Woman, which is wonderful. But the idea of, of keeping Superman as this like back pocket cameo character in a series of movies is a little ridiculous. Yeah. Be- and, and it's only, I think they only wanted to try to do that as they salvage this idea of like, Hey, look, we never brought Shazam into the broader fabric. We can give the, it, it almost feels almost like Jay and silent Bob movies. Now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, like, look, these, these series of stories do exist in the same continuity and here's some connective tissue, but there's by no means any more group effort. There's no, uh, there's no elongated narrative among them all. Right. And that's what they want to make Superman is like the Jay and Bob of that world. Like, Oh look, these two people pop up in different, settings in different people's lives so that we know that all of this stuff happens in the same plane of space and time making superman into that is really strange and i can see why the studio or i can see why cavill or like the i can see why the impression when you look at like he has no plan for solo movies he has no they have no plan to use him predominantly, even though on paper they may not have officially signed something that says, like, we're all walking away from each other now. Effectively, it is done. There's no reason to have him in a role that you're pretty much admitting you're not even going to use him in. And it feels, I mean, the segue, I don't know if, we're, if you intended it to be a whole separate uh, topic, but I feel like that's the idea with Batman, too, is there's if they want... If they want to create a more strong visual impression that, you know, they would like you to keep remembering to go see Wonder Woman movies. And now that Aquaman's done, they're not quite sure what's going to happen with that or Flash. But they got to take their, they, they have to take your memory of their two marquee characters and the people who portrayed them. They basically have to break us and reprogram our consciousness. Yeah. And that, that's why they want different faces. Well, that's sort of like Josh. I think you and I were going back and forth on Facebook a little bit about it. That that's that I think is the most unsettling or weird part is that you've established 
Affleck's Batman and Cavill's Superman as being part of the Justice League. So if presumably they go down the line and make a Justice League 2 somewhere. Which I don't think they'll keep, ever do, but... Well, some sort of team-up movie, at least. Or that okay. You keep Wonder Woman, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, and Ezra Miller's Flash, and then just have two different people play Batman and Superman. Two of your three Holy Trinity characters of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman have now been recast. And that's going to feel really odd after seeing the team assembled together with two different actors, and then now you put them together with the whole team with, you know, two different people playing these these well-known characters. That would feel really awkward and off to me. Just oh, very allowing much. people to, like, every the other three characters, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Flash, just have to play these characters like nothing's different when we yeah. as audience members know, well, hey, there, you, you look different. There was something different about you last time we seen you together. Yeah. Not, not not every movie series could pull that off. I mean, it, if you think about it, that would be kind of the inverse of saying in Iron Man 2, instead of it being Don Cheadle walking in and shaking Robert Downey Jr.'s hand saying, uh, it's me, I'm here, get over it. it. It would be the inverse of Johnny Depp standing back as the new Tony Stark shaking... Uh, right. Terrence Howard's hand, like, oh, it's me. Get over it. No, started, no, I'm not over it. You're not Iron Man. This is yeah, not, you know. And we, Josh brought that up too. I think on Facebook that the difference with Marvel was that the casting arrangements they made were sort of secondary characters, or in the case of the Hulk, Edward Norton was by himself as the Hulk, and then by the time we get to the Hulk with a team, he's already recast. So you don't get that team yeah. dynamic with Norton and then recast him. You're experiencing right. it for the first time with Ruffalo, so there's a little bit more of a bonding there, and it, it works for us as an audience. And it was years and years later, too. Like, it was well enough, well separated enough and never teamed up that we just kind of said, eh, okay, sure. And still, but I mean, by the time they do another team-up movie for DC, it's going to be years and years since Justice League. So you will have a little bit of a time gap, I think, before we see a Superman again, whether that's Cavill or somebody else. But I... I personally, I don't think you're going to see another team movie, at least featuring Wonder Woman, until Gal Gadot is not playing Wonder Woman anymore. Because, well, I yeah, that might be true. Because I think, and I'd probably rather do it that way—that you sort of clean slate and recast yeah. everybody at that point and put a new team together if you want to do it that way. Yeah, I, 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 I do think the maybe not the whole motivating drive behind this, but a happy consequence is that they would like to continue moving forward with certain projects. They want to break the model that they already created and they'd like to go back to probably more disparate, unconnected, one-off stories, even even with recurring characters. Like, fine, let's see what we can get out of a Flash franchise. Let's see what we can get out of Aquaman, Wonder yeah. Woman. And we would like you to forget that these other characters existed with those same characters in the past. And do we know if, like, I know there's been talk about Matt Reeves' Batman movie and whether or not Affleck's coming back or if they're recasting. Is that movie, I don't know if it's been confirmed one way or the other, if it's part of this shared universe or if it's supposed to be like a spinoff by itself. Everything I heard, even from this own movie's development, like maybe when Affleck was going to be writing and directing, which I still in like some other universe I would have loved to see because I think that dude could make a freaking good Batman movie. I've heard his script is good from people that were involved in production. I, I would love to, to read it somehow. Like if someone would please leak it online, that'd be great. Um, that sounds <laughs> Radio like... play. Yeah, 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 exactly. If I, ever, <laughs> if I ever get that Wonder Woman one up and running. Um, but uh, 
I think everything I've heard since he stepped away from it was Matt Reeves' project was going to be completely separate. Even if Affleck was in it, it wasn't really going to have anything to do with like a shared narrative or continuing continuity yeah. from from the other story. And that's why I think if they're going to do this, I, I think if they get rid of Ben, they're going to do it for this movie as well. Why give your tentpole character another solo movie with that same actor that you're trying to cleanse the palate on? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm waiting for the official announcement from... Because we know nothing about the production of the Batman movie. Like, other than Matt Reeves directing, that thing is... Is the script done? Like, I don't know how far into production that is, but I feel like if they're making some sort of cast adjustments, that that needs to be announced sometime soon. The only thing I heard on a uh, on another on another show of a very credible nature was that, uh, like, the first draft, basically, was getting turned in this month. Okay. So now, I don't know what that... Than I think. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know what that means in, in Hollywood timeline, like, from from the time you get to, you know, a first draft to your at least uh, first iteration of your shooting draft, is that three months? Is that two weeks? Is that six months? I don't know. Right. Uh, Josh, I want to bring it back around to you. For as far as Cavill, what what would be your thought? Do you think he's sticking with it, or do you think he's done? Are you are we waiting the announcement that he's going to be out, or do you think we'll actually see him again as Superman somewhere down the line? I I think he's done. I I, I think he. It's weird. I, it 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 sound not sounds because I'm not basing it on anything. It feels like he had a really good time on Mission Impossible. And yeah, he, okay. you, you, you could see now that how the Superman deal was unfolding, like, he realizes, I not only got to have a lot of fun, I got to kind of be the bad guy, I got to do a lot of cool stuff, and... Spoilers! Damn it! <laughs> how many trailers that did you watch true. for that? Because that's kind of given away in the tra- in the marketing, too. <laughs> Say, if you've been to any movie this year at all, you've seen at least two trailers for it, because... Felt like they were yeah, but those Mission movie. Impossible movies, you know, sometimes you never know who's who. That is true. That was my bad. Sorry about that. Damn he takes a mask off at the end. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> it could have been Ethan Hunt versus some guy in an Ethan Hunt mask. I don't know. <laughs> I it goes right that. back to John Voight. We're, we're, we're back to John Voight. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Henry Cable's actually John Voight. It's, it's amazing. Uh, but yeah, it... it um... And, and that weird video that he put up, like the day after that <laughs> article went online, it just it it seems like the relationship has soured, and he's okay with that, and they would just like to be done, please. Yeah, yeah, I um, I echo a lot of stuff you guys said. I don't, I I think Cavill made an excellent Superman. I think he was in some crappy movies, but he was an excellent Superman, and I'd I'd love to see him get a chance to do it again. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm I'm leaning more with Josh. I don't think he's going to get that chance. As much as I want to see it, I I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't know if it's you know where where everything went wrong. If that was just DC dragging their feet with not knowing what to do and constantly changing things up, and and any movie that he's in has probably gotten rewritten and changed before. Like I'm sure the original concept or draft for all three of those movies, Man of Steel, BVS, and Justice League, were probably better off without any type of movie by committee approach but that's the way movies are made now so that's the what happened and by the time when they got released they're all kind of not together 
I think they all have very, very big issues that are worth pointing out. But again, character-wise, I thought he did an excellent job, and I love seeing him in the suit, and I think he did it really, really well. But yeah, I think he, you know, Josh, I think you made a good point with him wanting to branch out now. I think Superman's really all he's done. The only other thing I can think of him doing between the Superman appearances is Man from Uncle. And I actually really like that movie. I thought he did a really good job in that movie, too. That would be, in my mind, I think his audition for James Bond. I'd actually love to see him as a Bond. I think that could work, too. But, yeah, I think maybe he's getting to the point where he wants to branch out and not be Superman as much anymore. Not that he hates the character, but just to try something different, acting-wise. So, I'm actually anxious to see what happens with this Witcher TV show on Netflix to see where that goes. Um... Sort of spinning off to the fact that, you know, whether or not he's done, but just spitballing, if Cavill is out, because I know there's been a lot of articles I think people have been posting already online of, like, these are my ten suggestions for who could replace Cavill as Superman. Do you guys have any suggestions, or have you thought anybody thought about anyone that you'd want to see in the role if Cavill does not return? I think uh, Bradley had a really strong idea. Well, you said you'd throw me out on that one uh, so i'm perfectly fine with it <laughs> to be fair um, bradley hyped us up before we started really recording that he had i could i sort of threw this idea at him this question before we started recording and he was took a minute to think about it and then immediately said nope you know what i have the best choice ever so after all this hype we are anxiously awaiting what his choice is and we're going to judge him put it on really the table, really sir. well yeah we've been waiting to see this for a few decades now uh if it's not Nicholas Cage, I'm out. <laughs> um, you think you think they're gonna go like the Dark Knight Returns uh, style Cage with is. Superman? <laughs> I, you know, I don't care Mullet how they spin it. Just give me Nick Cage as Superman. Get like, I, I, I don't care what they do to figure it out. Um, I would watch that movie. I, it will be a train wreck. It'll absolutely be a train wreck. But let's be honest about this. Whatever they make next is probably going to be a train wreck anyways. So fuck it. Nicholas Cage is <laughs> Superman. I'm telling you now, that will make more... If they do that, it'll make more money than whatever they actually end up doing. If they were to do that, it would make more money. People would be like, oh, I gotta fucking see Nick Cage as Superman. Yeah, because I think you're not wrong. I that's think it would not, make yeah. money, but for the wrong reasons. It's not an insane idea. So, money's money. That's true, yeah. I, at this and point, there, Warner Brothers would probably take whatever they can get. That would become a cult classic instantly. <laughs> and if you think Nicolas Cage would jump on that in a second, he'd do it for free. <laughs> probably. So, so some of the choices he's made the last six or seven years, probably. Yeah, exactly. What, 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 uh, I I don't know. I just need to see Nicolas Cage as Superman at some point in my life, and I'm hoping, you know, that take a chance. What the hell? It might work, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, do you have any other suggestions or was that you're just one and done with that one there doesn't need to be any other suggestions <laughs> alright Mike's one and done with Nicholas Cage anybody else Andy what's up your sleeve <laughs> uh, I was thinking maybe Joe Maginot I've seen his name appear on some lists okay since he's going to get screwed out of Deathstroke <laughs> oh good point I forgot all about that that's never going to happen now and nope. if you um, and if you dyed his hair black, maybe Alexander Skarsgård. 
Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, I've seen him on the hmm. list too. All right, I might, I might be able to go for that. I don't know Josh, if I. He's I so you loved pale. The hmm. Uh, I mean, well, number one, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't care who you are. Like, he has to be on everybody's celebrity hall pass list. Um, <laughs> what? But uh, he's so. Wait, what? <laughs> Andy seems so taken aback by that. <laughs> we're, we're, You're the one suggested gonna... him, and you can't believe he's on someone's hall pass list. We're just going to scoot over that. But... <laughs> but no, I think it's. You're right. He would need darker hair for the role, but he's so pale that I don't know. He might look really strange. Like, I don't it know if you can bizarro. get him. Yeah, I don't know if you can get him to look normal enough. It's hard for me not to imagine him as the vampire in True Blood, <laughs> so I, I get the, the pale. Like, I have yeah, never watched hmm? that show. So. I mean, that's his most well-known, but even if you take him, like, if you take Tarzan or that, uh, there's a miniseries on HBO he was in that won Emmys or some crap. Sarah he was on Battleship. Like he was in Battleship? <laughs> he was. Yeah, he, was he was the, the older Battleship. Brother. Yeah. <laughs> What you, he was that, never he seen was that, ba- Battleship is an awesome movie. He was that one that like was always on the board that he only needed two hits on. Yeah. So it's like passable that he was one of them. <laughs> uh that okay. Anybody anybody else? Uh, those are the only two suggestions I came up with. They're they're I, good. I, yeah, they're good picks. I I'll throw you for a little bit of a loop that it, it won't happen. But Tom Hiddleston. I think would be a really interesting choice. Oh, wow. Hmm. Going, mentioning... I mean, if we're going to go Tom Hiddleston, you might as well go with um, Ben Affleck's counterpart as well. Matt Damon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a little short. Matt Damon. I think that... <laughs> Even 14 years later, that's still your go-to reference for Damon is <laughs> Team America. <laughs> that's what that's from. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember I knew it from something. I don't remember much about that movie. I only saw it once, but I have never forgotten that. America! Fuck, Fuck yeah! yeah. <laughs> it sticks with you, because I'm pretty sure I've only seen it once, too, but I remember a lot of that song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think Damon has actually found a nice little niche in little cameo roles almost <laughs> like impersonating the other established characters yeah uh josh you got any picks um nobody strongly honestly and i think it's because two things let me let me make this point i uh like the, immediately like two hours after the thing got posted about cabal being out um there was something about like oh rumors that michael b jordan is being talked about for superman in a world where jordan has not already played the human torch and killmonger i i could definitely be on board with that now it's not a matter of you know oh he can't play too many roles he's limiting himself etc it's not so much that i actually feel bad that it feels like the ma- like sort of mainstream audiences and especially Hollywood, I think, is doing this. Uh, Hollywood finds like five black actors at any given time and wants to cast them in everything. <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely. And they're and not that they're not talented people, but there are people who exist who are not Michael B. Jordan or Sterling K. Brown or Idris Elba. Um, Idris Elba or uh, I don't know how to say the guy's name. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yep, that guy. Uh, yeah. And uh, Daniel. Uh, he was also in, yeah, he was in Black Panther and Get Out. Um, it, it, it's like Hollywood can't get out of this cycle when some someone's in at the moment. Like that's all they can think of. So number one, I I wouldn't want him to get the role just because it could be deserving for somebody else who we don't yet know. And that's kind of where I lean. Like when Brandon Routh got cast, he was a soap opera actor. Nobody knew him. When Henry Cavill got cast, he was in Immortals, which was a terrible effort to try to recreate the idea of 300. It was awful, yes. It was pretty, it was <laughs> really bad. Um, and then he was on The Tudors, which unless you watched premium channels, was it was on like HBO or Showtime. Like you wouldn't know him. And I'm so like, I'm now with Superman, I'm so used to like, like none of us grew up when Christopher Reeve was cast as Superman. Christopher Reeve was an established actor. People already knew him. No, Nobody of our generation, or even like a couple years, like several years older than us, knows what it's like to have an unknown, or not to have an unknown actor cast as Superman. So that's kind of what I want more of. I want somebody that we don't know. There's, there's something about that part... Like, Superman is an alien. Superman is supposed to come from out of nowhere in the middle of the country in the Midwest. You know, it's a little farm. I don't want to look at a face that I know. I don't want to be... What's that? Uh, Well, I was going to say, based on what you're saying, how about somebody that has rather recently stepped into a similar situation and proven their ability to do it from a rather unknown spot to a rather big-name character? Okay. Who would be quite... Good, I think, for Superman in Alden Ehrenreich. Possibly. He's still fairly unknown. Very, very I mean, true. Well, that's he, true, yeah. Not is a lot of people big... want to see that movie. So. Is he big enough? He could get big enough. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I, I don't aren't think... big enough. I would want to like avoid, I... like, a Topher Grace's Venom sort of deal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would be like, he's a lot bigger than Topher Grace. I'm That's not thinking call. it would be, you know. I mean, I see Josh's argument about, like, you know, you don't want to have the face of a movie star on Superman. It's easier to buy into the character if it's not someone you recognize immediately. But at the same time, I think DC probably wants to draw people in with someone they know and like that's been in other stuff. So I, I can see them going after high-profile actors for that role. Sure. So I feel like that's where they'd cast, but I, I'm with you, Josh. I'd rather have an unknown or someone I don't know very well play the role, so that way you can just sort of throw expectations at the door and just try to accept them as that character. Because even a lot, some of the lists that I was looking at of people that, of actors that people are suggesting, they're all well-known actors. I don't think a lot of people are going to come up with unknown actors. You know? Well, I guess <laughs> I could Google that and see what comes up. Fair point. Although, I mean, like, the ones that Andy came up with, like, especially Maganella, like, that is not a household name. A lot of people know him, but he's not an A-list celebrity. Maybe not He's he's not immediately high profile. Like, people who know him know him. People who might recognize him, is that guy familiar? 
but you say you say that to ten people, you know, like man on the street quiz. I, I doubt more than two would readily know that name. I would say, depending on how many women you profiled with that, you might get a different answer. <laughs> that is He's very true. Much more popular among the ladies than he is with the guys. That is true. It's going to depend on the cross section of your survey sample. Agreed. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Brian, did you have any specifics that came to mind that you thought might be a good fit? I didn't really. To be honest, come with any of my own. I was actually just Googling lists, and I was going to say, I could go through some of these lists and just throw some ideas at you guys and see what you think of each one. So wait, okay. you made me do my homework and do yours? <laughs> That's true. That's, on the That's fair point. What the actual <laughs> fuck, man? <laughs> I almost wrote this down on paper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you remembered your two names. That was, that was good. This is crap. <laughs> you should be used to it by now. Come on, this is what I do. <laughs> Welcome back. To I'm just busting your balls. I know. I'm, I'm expecting it every time you're on. Uh, so there's a couple of repeat names that show up on a bunch of lists. Um, the ones that Andy named were there. Skarsgård and Manganello have showed up on lists. Um, another one that I've seen, Josh, you mentioned Michael B. Jordan. He's shown up on a lot of lists. Um, another one that I've seen pop up on a couple of lists, Matt Bomer. Okay. Okay. Um, Army Hammer. He comes up on Which is, every list like this. Well, this is interesting because Hammer was actually cast as Batman, Batman. way back in George Miller's Justice yes. League. So he would sort of be coming back to the franchise if they got him, but I, I don't know if I could see that or not. He's got the no. stature for it. That's yeah. about it. Um, Oscar Isaac? No. Too short. He uh, also played Apocalypse. He did, yes. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing. That like what does, doesn't disqualify him for me. He just, I, 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 you have to be imposing. Almost, and that's why Cavill and people like him worked. Is even as Clark Kent, he's somewhat imposing. Yeah, and certain I don't actors feel like can't do Ruth that. Was and I feel like that was a problem for him. He he has too kind of a face. He looks too nice. <laughs> uh, that was part of it. I think the biggest part was that entire script. And every other choice made in that movie. Oh no no but... yeah no no yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I just mean like he's just too. I'm with you. I'm I think the you. point of of Brandon Routh was to he was the spiritual successor to Christopher Reeve Superman, especially with that story, and that's where they were going for that movie. And I think Very he much. worked as a spiritual successor to Christopher Reeve. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Who, who else is the internet telling us? Uh. Well, he's been campaigning to want to be Batman, I think, but John Hamm. I thought about that as we were getting ready because we were talking about the possible Batman recastings as well. I don't know. I I like him better as Batman. I do. This is going to sound weird. I think he's too old for Superman right now. Okay. That's fair. Like Superman, I, I, I like Brandon Routh, Cavill, Chris Murray, like they were like in that sweet spot of their age, like late twenties, around thirty, early thirties ish, where they could still do that and like enter your con- now. If they continued with Cavill for another ten years and you watched him age as Superman, that'd be one thing. But entering a new actor who's already in his late forties, well, then I don't know. I think John Hamm's just a little bit like too cool, as well. Like I, I, you know what I mean. Like he's smooth. 
I don't feel like Superman's ever meant to be that way. He's meant to. What be. I can see is John Hamm as Bruce Wayne. I cannot see John Hamm as Clark Kent. Right. And to me, I think that's the disconnect. So I can see him as Clark Kent, but I don't think I can see him as Superman. Okay. Uh, who else we got? Uh, one of the lists has Taron Egerton. From again, I think there's a stature problem, in, but yeah, I was gonna say that you might run into Topher Grace. Yeah, from Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple lists say give Brandon Routh another shot. Um, <laughs> Dwayne Johnson made a list. Okay, we're done with The Rock. We're just <laughs> yeah, no. Like we need. To I'm sure John Cena was on there somewhere right. too. And uh, one choice that I actually just saw on this other list that that actually sounds really good to me: James Marston gets Cyclops as Superman. It's not bad. I'm not sure if he's tall enough. I'm not sure. Like, yeah, he, he feels. I, I think that's a problem with Wolverine being cast as somebody that's too tall. Okay, yeah, that's makes fair. Cy- makes Cyclops feel short. But, yeah. Um, I feel like I can I could be completely misremembering this, but he might have initially been on the short list for Superman in Superman Returns. And when they, and they decided oh, to that's... go with Ralph, they... You know, they had this other role for him that they thought he'd be better for. I could and be wrong I, about that, but I, I something in the back of my brain is tickling that. And now that we're talking about it, I completely forgot he was already in Superman Returns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was, um, just one that popped into my head that they, they could tap it if they wanted to, but I can't remember his name, but the guy that played him on Smallville. Uh, uh, Tom, Tom something? Tom, Tom Welling? Welling? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I feel I, like he's not acting. No, that's what I was, was going to say. In, What's he uh, doing? Right he was in, uh, what was that, Draft Day with Kevin Costner about the Browns. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, that Tom was Welling more recent. Was the quarterback in that one. Okay. Relatively recently? Huh? It, how, yeah, how long ago was that movie? I didn't think it was two years. Uh, years, but I was surprised to see him at the time. I mean, he's very selective, I think. He's definitely not in much. Yeah. Uh, what else does this list have? Uh, Wes Bentley. Who's that? Refresh me. Um, trying to think what he's been in that you'd know. Uh, Draft Day was 2014. Hunger Games. He was the, the game maker in the first one. The guy with the really weird goatee and beard. Oh. He's too skinny. Isn't he? I'm sure he could bulk up. Wait, who? D- Google Wes Bentley. Wes Bentley, uh, what was his name in that? Um, that's gonna bug the shit out of me. The who we played in Hunger Games? Yeah, the name of the yeah. Character. I don't remember. I don't remember the name either. I'd have to Google that as well. I've read those books twice, so I should remember the damn guy's name. Josh, did you miss that last name? I did. Sorry about that. Uh, Wes Bentley. Hmm. Okay, so see, he knows who he is by name. Yeah, he's in American Beauty and uh, Hunger Games. He was in Ghost Rider. He was the villain in the first Ghost Rider. Yes. He was. Ju- he was just in Mission Impossible. Yes, he had a cameo in Mission Impossible. What, what was his character's name in Hunger Games? It's bugging me. 
Uh, he was only in the first one. Um, he was the game maker. Yeah, I know that. I, I just uh, can't remember the name. Crap. It, it, it's one of those moments, like, if you didn't ask me, I could have just told you. <laughs> yeah. But the I fact mean, that it, you asked. The second one, she writes his name in blueberries on the damn dummy. Yeah. And it's... It's... Uh, damn it. I can't remember. They have such weird names in those damn things. Like the, those movies. All right, so here's a choice that I'm finding on a list that might mean something to Andy and Mike. Uh, Sam Witwer. I don't know what he's like today. What, like what he looks like? Yeah, I mean, it's been probably ten years since I like a, since Force Unleashed, hasn't it? Probably. I mean, I think he's he's built. He has hair. He's not his shaved head like in Force Force Unleashed and stuff like that. See, because that's the only image I have of him in my head is with the shaved head. <laughs> so. Here, wait. Let me send this list in the chat because this is where I'm pulling a lot of the more recent ones from. Once I can figure out how to get to the chat. I don't think I've ever seen Stupid Skype. Um, out of the people that I've named, I feel like the two, possibly three that I like the best. I like Matt Bomer. I like um, Sam Witwer. I think would be a decent choice. And I like the fuck else did I say? James Marston. I think those three for me, I think would be pretty good. You just like Cyclops. I do like Cyclops, and that's probably part of the reason. I'm not gonna lie, but I do think Marston is a very good actor. I think he's underrated. Yeah, agreed. And he's already played the pretty boy for the X-Men, so I think he'd do the pretty boy for, you know, the Boy Scout character for DC. All right, so what is a Sam Witwer? Who is this guy? He's primarily voice actor. He okay. he's, He was in, um, what the hell is that show? It's saying he was in Once Upon a Time and Battlestar Galactica. Oh, and he was also on Smallville. And, uh, yeah, he was a he had a starring role in another show with with it was it was three characters and I can't think. God damn it, I got IMDb yet. The, the number one choice on the list you sent me was Tom Welling, by the way. Yes, yeah, I didn't get to the bottom of the list when we were talking about it. Well, they have Adam Driver on here as a don't pick. They they select they say one person they think should be, oh, and then one person after it they should they think shouldn't be. Jake Gyllenhaal's on here too. Uh, <laughs> see, or would or wouldn't? Um, wouldn't. I like. I, I the more I'm looking at it, I actually like Bomer a lot. Justin Thoreau. Who put this freaking list together? Is it? Are they wouldn't or would or wouldn't? I'm getting confused. He's, a, which he, ones he's under are. the. He's under the good choice. Is Thoreau? Okay. I wholeheartedly wow, Tom, disagree with that. Tom Welling is on this list as number one. Yes, that's his, uh, what, Screen Rants list for anyone that wants to Google this themselves. Hmm. Ben Barnes would be an interesting choice. He's on this list as, as a possible. What the hell was that show that Whitworth? Oh, Being Human. That was the show Whitworth was in. If I had liked Liam Hemsworth and literally anything he's been in, I would say he would make a good choice, but. Mike towards the microphone. <laughs> I forgot about that. I'm trying to like scroll the list and speak at the same time. 
and uh, that's not too easy with... Uh, I kind of like the uh, Richard Madden choice. It's an interesting call. Yeah. If the we're going the... with a no-name guy, I think that's who I... Because I don't know who that is. Well, he's you don't watch Brown Thrones, so... Well, yeah. yeah. He, he's a, he was a major character. Uh... So do we want to take, like, each of us just give, like, one final pick? If you had to pick one person out of all these suggestions? I'd say the one that's actually hitting me the strongest immediately is actually Bomer. I think that's actually who I'm leaning towards myself. If I have to pick one, I think that's who I'd go with. Give Nick Cage a chance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than Nick Cage, looking at their list, the one that it it'll never happen because of it doesn't have to be off that, that list. Off to, after everybody that well, we've I named, like whether it's it, on uh, that list or not. Okay, I just but, don't want you to limit to the li- the one list that I sent you. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I I like it. It'll never happen. It's not going to happen. But Sebastian Stan, I think that he would actually be great. Okay, but. Again, that's not going to happen. So, Nick I mean, Cage. that's your pick, though. And and Nick Cage. Andy, are you sticking with Nick Cage, or do you have another? No, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna be a Homer and uh, say Manganiello. Okay, <laughs> go with the local boy. I like it. Mm-hmm. Hometown Superman, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Film it. Downtown Superman. There you go. <laughs> that, there's just like DV morning show skits. Waiting to get written. <laughs> Cameo with Pittsburgh Dad. We're all good. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll tie that one off. We'll move on to one other DC article here. So this one, um, we talked about this movie. I think on previous one of the previous episode at least. Uh, Warner Brothers is moving forward on another DC movie. This one is not connected to their shared universe, as far as I know. It will be like a one-off of sorts and. I'm sort of referring to it as DC's throw all kinds of shit at the wall and see what sticks movie plans. <laughs> um, we're talking about Todd Phillips directed Joker origin movie starring Joaquin Phoenix, which has started production. Yep. Phillips Phillips posted the first image of Phoenix as Arthur, the guy who will eventually become the Joker. And I found it very, very underwhelming. Andy, I just realized I did not send you the required picture. I've so seen, I will find you that I've seen required picture. There's okay. No need. All right. So, what did you guys think of Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur? Is, uh, is, is Arthur the name that uh, Alan Moore gave him in The Killing Joke? To be honest, I do not know. I don't remember. And I, cause I, that's, that's as close to anything that's ever actually been written that, would, like, that was kind of quasi-put in DC canon about yeah. the Joker. And I didn't know if they were completely changing that to completely start over or not. Yeah, because I don't know what the basis is for this. If they're using the Killing Joke as a template, or if they're creating an all-new origin story for him, or what's going on with this? Does right. anybody yeah, the, here know the, the Joker origin story? I don't uh, think it was ever there's official. There's actually a couple of them. Is there? Yeah, there's a couple of them. Okay, because uh, I, I, I thought it was one of those things like remember. Heath Ledger's <laughs> Joker, where like every time someone tells the story, you hear it a different way. So there was never a definitive origin story for the Joker. Uh, well, I mean, you get bits and pieces from different storytelling in the history of Batman. Um, the one I can tell you that is most clear about it is Grant Morrison. Um, in his run, 
with him and Joker actually being the original Red Hood. Uh, uh, okay, I do remember Grace. that. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. And that, that's why Jason Todd ends mm-hmm. up yes. taking that later, right? Yes. Okay. Um, that and but they never give a name. Yeah, I mean, like, like he was always the Red Hood. It was never, you know, the alias has always been Jack White and all that. But that's not, you know, anything official. That's just an alias that he chose and made up for himself. So he made up the Joker, and then he made up Jack White. The real name, I'm not sure. I would actually have to go back and read Killing Joke. It's been a few years. Um, I can't remember if he calls him Arthur or not. I'm um, trying to do a quick Google search to see if anything came back quickly. It, but my initial thought on the Joaquin Phoenix thing was definitely underwhelming. Like you had said, that was just a picture of Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I like that comment. That That was pretty spot on. Yeah, it's they're not really revealing anything there, which I'm okay with. But I'm also kind of like, well, why do that then? They're, it's they're such a, a polar opposite of the um, uh, God. What the fuck is his name? Jared, Jared, Leto. Jared Leto Joker mm-hmm. reveal. It's they're such polar opposites. Like you get like, whoa, what the fuck is happening with this whacked out, tattooed up, fucking weird ass <laughs> Joker, and then you get Wild Kane Phoenix both yeah. as the joker and you're like oh this is quite the departure from what anybody was actually expecting so i kind of feel yeah. like just looking at that picture you can immediately see all the general movie tropes that this movie is going to hit in its origin story for the joker right like down as luck comedian is screwed by society wants to take it to the man and somehow ends up being a crazed serial killer maniac or maybe he's already a serial killer maniac and he's the, the joker pl- personality comes yeah. from that and that that's what i felt they were doing with the picture is uh an a- andy excellent point i think they wanted to draw a strong separation and and delineation from what they had just done so they want to break you of that Whereas, like, it felt like Jared Leto's Joker was, this guy's always been like this. Yeah. He's, it may, he may have looked differently when he was a kid. He may not have had the hair. He may, but he was always pretty much nuts. Joaquin, I think they're absolutely trying to put forward, he looks just like that quiet guy. You see him out in public all the time. You maybe work with him. And eventually, some right. What's going to be the thing that makes him snap? He's going to go from that regular everyday everyman to the character we know. Just look how normal he looks, but just a little off-putting. Yeah, it's your typical bad guy movie stereotypes that they're going to hit every single one. I feel like. Yeah, I, I I heard some reports, and I don't I don't know how much I believe them or not, but that if they were smart, they would absolutely be completely under the radar and coy about everything they're doing but they would effectively be making um like a how to say like a like a backdoor like alternate universe kind of movie like this isn't just a joker origin movie it's actually something that we kind of know of and it's actually more of like a well-known story and that's why like they cast thomas wayne but not like Bruce Wayne isn't yet maybe around or or anything. That's what I'm. I, I don't think that's what they're gonna do, but I really wish they would have. 
Well, I think at least from what I read, I can't remember if we addressed it on the podcast before, but Phoenix signed on to this because it was a well, one shot. Yeah. He's not signing on to a franchise. He wins a one and done movie. Right. So I don't see this opening the door to like a trilogy or some other franchise tying movie. No, not that it might not be that, but that it's actually going to possibly be more like one of the more well-known storylines, you know, heavily influencing the plot. But they're just telling everybody that it's something else. Yeah. I really wish that's what would happen. Um, yeah, I'm hoping it's surprising in some way, but from the first reveal image, it's just, I, I, it feels very bland and like it's been done before. Like nothing, nothing about this feels unique to me yet. Right. I mean, it's I don't not... know, it's pretty unique for the Joker. Yeah, but I, I don't know, I guess it, it, it feels less like a Joker movie and more just like this regular quiet, like Josh was saying, regular quiet guy somehow turns into a villain that kills people. Like nothing, that just sounds like a, like a crime movie, not a Joker movie. And maybe that could change if they ever reveal what he looks like as the Joker, then maybe I'll start to be like, oh, okay, I, I get it now, but right now it just feels like another movie that I've already seen. Um, but just sort of spinning off on the idea that these that this one is maybe like a one-off movie. Do you guys like the idea of DC making sort of like these one-off movies as they're making these DCEU franchise tying in shared universe stuff? Is that going to be confusing or are you on board with that? I think they need to do one or the other. And if that's where they want to go now, like if they, if they don't intend to tie Wonder Woman into everybody else anymore, and that they, like I said, they have these other characters that they've already set in motion, and they're going to continue with that, and they're going to kind of divert from where they were, that's fine. Yeah. Don't try to do both anymore. They're obviously not good at one of them. Why try to do that and something else? Yeah. Uh, Andy, what do you think? As far as like, do you do you care to the one-off movies? Are you cool with those? Do you want to see more of those? Less of those? Oh, is it um, confusing to have them concurrent with the the shared I, universe I think ones? Certain characters are probably pretty good uh, candidates to be one-offs. I'm not sure the Joker is one. Um, to me, the Joker sort of has to be with. Batman. That's just me, you know. I know there probably are like Joker comics specifically out there and whatnot, but the 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 um I don't know if you want to call it a rivalry or the nemesis between the two right. is just so iconic yeah. that I I when I think of Joker I'm like oh Batman you know just yeah. So I think that was uh, a lot of my problem with uh, the Gotham TV show is you're going through all these origin stories for all these Batman villains without Batman in the picture, and it really irritates me. Yeah, so uh, I, I I'm not sure if this is maybe the right way to go, but I think there are characters that they could probably do one-offs with. I just don't right. think Joker is probably the one to do it with. Okay, uh, Mike, what do you think? I agree with the Joker not being one to do these with. Um, I think some, you know, good one-off characters, Nightwing would be great to see a one-off movie, Cyborg, if they were thinking about it, I hope they don't do it, um, Sam. It, it, there's, 
certain characters that, that fit within a larger universe, and a lot of the Batman villains really do fit within that larger universe. Um, but I think Scarecrow could carry his own movie and be an interesting tale on his own without, with or without Batman. Um, and I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see them take some chances, but I don't think you take chances with the Joker. So we'll see yeah. how this turns out. That's fair. Yeah. I'm, I'm, the standalone stuff is, is hit or miss for me. Cause I think like Josh was saying, I think the, the DC movies, the, the shared universe part of it is struggling and that's evident by every time they try to revamp and retcon and change everything else that they want to do with these movies. There's no clear plan. So having these standalone one-off movies might not be a bad idea just to sort of break it up and, you know, give people, I don't know, I don't know, because the, the whole thing with the shared universe is like every movie they're trying to change a style, but if you have these standalone spinoff movies, you can change style every movie and not have to worry about connecting to the one before or anything like that, so it might work. But I'm with Josh. I don't. I think doing them concurrently, some movies standalone, some movies part of this universe, that's confusing to people because you have to assume they're thinking one or the other. Either they're all not separate or they're all together, and to put them out in between each other is going to really screw with people. I just don't think they've left much to be desired yet. I mean, I know it's a, a it's a it's a whole year away, but I don't know. It, it, like this might be something like, hey, if I get a trailer in a couple of months, like in the spring, and it shows me more, that's one I probably will watch because I'm not really sold on any kind. Con- any kind of preconception on the quality of what this will be. And I, I'd be more curious to get insight as to where their heads are. Yeah. I don't think anybody understands what DC is planning. Not even DC. I mean, does anybody think this movie is going to be good? Cause I, I am, I think they have to do a lot to win me over for this one. I mean, we've said it before that it's possible to back a truck of money up to certain actors to get them to all the things. <laughs> I'm hoping that, like, Joaquin Phoenix does not need the money. Robert De Niro yeah. sure as shit doesn't need the money. Yeah. To to get them to specifically, I mean, Joaquin might be looking for, you know, such a creative opportunity like Jared Leto was looking for, like Heath Ledger was looking for. It's iconic, and it's it's a way to always shape the most un- solvable, inconsistent personality. You know, this may be nearly ever been written and try to come up with a way of manifesting that on your own. So as an actor, I could get the challenge and and see the draw to that. Like, all the supporting cast, though, I'm really hoping that it's better than we're expecting it to be for those reasons. And that's something I was going to bring up, too, is that right after this picture came out, they announced, like, a full cast list. Yeah. So I'm going to run through the cast that has now been confirmed for this movie. So we have Joaquin Phoenix. Um, and some of these, a lot of these names, I don't think I know what they look like just based off the name. So I don't know if this is going to really help too many people. Uh, Francis Conroy. Zazie Beetz, who was Domino in Deadpool 2. Uh, Mark Marin, Robert De Niro. 
Shia Wingham, Glenn Flesher, and Bill Camp. Now, the only one that I sort of reckon, like, I remember Zazie Beats from Deadpool, Robert De Niro, obviously, but the other names to me don't stand out. Same. Not um, really. The article also mentions, too, that Bradley Cooper is now listed as a co-producer with Phillips. Really? Which, at one point, I think Scorsese was supposed to be producing this, and Scorsese is no longer producing, so Bradley Cooper, I guess, must have stepped in. Yeah, I thought this was the Scorsese, and, like, he originally wanted DiCaprio... Huh. When they first started talking about the movie, Scorsese's name was all over it. Yeah, as like he was, probably, he was as getting more top billing. Well, yeah, I don't even know if you if I remember him being put in as the director, but I definitely remember him being attached to produce because okay. they were talking about you know his movie over. Even though Todd Phillips was set to direct, they were talking about it as as Scorsese's movie over Todd Phillips, okay. even though Scorsese was just listed as producer. But I guess he's the bigger name that everyone knew. So when you start throwing out Scorsese and Joker movie, everyone's like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I don't know. It it could be interesting. It's, it's not enough to go on. I mean, maybe a trailer changed my mind, too. Who knows? But I don't know. Do you think we'll actually get a look at what Joaquin Phoenix Joker will look like prior to the movie coming out? Do you think we'll get a reveal in a trailer or an official image of him as the Joker? Yes. Okay. I hope not. That's that's what the, I I would hope not because that I would like the surprise of it. But from a marketing standpoint, they're too. Warner Brothers is so insecure. That's fair about yeah. their their performance and their consistency that they are absolutely going to want people to have a visual as their as the selling point. Come see yeah. this because this guy looks this way. You know that character. Now let's, you know, they they know they don't have, they have a core audience of certain people like us who even, they can count on at some point for a revenue stream. Whether it's a red box rental, whether it's a matinee showing on a weekend at a theater while it's out. There are certain people, no matter what we think, eventually we're probably going to put down a couple bucks to get this movie in at some point they don't have as wide of a base of fans and consistent moviegoers that marvel has built up right so they need to cast that net and and look for attraction points wherever they can so i absolutely believe that i don't know how heavy they'll push it if they show some restraint that'd probably be better right but i absolutely know it'll it'll be very well known like there will be one or two images or shots that will be like inescapable. It'll be everywhere. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I agree. They don't. I would actually much rather them just give us the Joker laugh and nothing else. Mm. I could be. Down I with that. vividly, vividly remember that from one of the first Dark Knight trailers. Yeah, the they teaser trailer like... for the Dark Knight as the symbol breaks apart and all you hear is Heath Ledger's Joker laugh at the end. And one of them, like the that part where he's showing, like he he filmed him like torturing and killing one of the security guards or somebody that he kidnapped. They played like the some of the audio that he says in that video, but just like yeah, like over like a black screen with like it was like interchanged with that and like Alfred's speech. Some people and just want to watch just the audio, burn. yeah. 
See, that was good. that was that was a good fucking trailer. That was good marketing. Why can't they do that anymore? It's the, it's you figure it's 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 a large swath of the same freaking people. Well, that's the teaser trailer. They showed him in subsequent trailers after that, but for a first trailer, yeah. I thought that was a very well done trailer. Yeah. And that's something that could work really well with this movie. I know. It, it, this is the same studio, the same owners that made The Dark Knight 10 years ago. Yeah. They gave us The Dark Knight. Why can't they do this right anymore? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like read the articles too, the leadership at DC, especially their like movie Warner Brothers division, whatever it is that's overcharged of these movies, they've changed leadership over there like three what, or four times. They're on what, Jim Lee now? You're right. Yeah, I think Jim Lee is now in charge, like creative director of DC Films or yeah, something Jeff like that John now, because Jeff John stepped Lee, down. Yeah. That's right. He went back into like a writing role or like right. executive producer or something. And we were psyched that Jeff Johns was going to be overseeing this stuff, that he was going to write the ship for DC and steer this like a Kevin Feige. Yeah. And they couldn't he keep did. him for two years. I think the, yeah, anything. <laughs> I think the biggest problem is that they have brought these people in and asked them to write the ship. Instead of saying, write the ship of all this crap that we're giving you to deal with and make it better they need to bring in someone like jim excuse me jim lee jeff johns and say build a new universe scrap what's there start from fresh with what's in your mind build us a universe because that's what joss whedon and kevin feige did and the funny thing is dc is built around the exact way to do that and do the fucking multiverse yeah Mm -hmm. you can reboot your entire universe and just call it earth 12 yeah, exactly. So, And then whatever you build exists exactly with the other movies we've already had. And if, for whatever reason, you start making a shit ton of money, that gives you an excuse to give you Cavill Superman with Brandon Routh Superman or whatever other Superman you cast. You can put them all together in a fucking Superman team-up movie. <gasps> I got it. I got Gustin. I got, I, got uh, I got the replacements of the Superman. <laughs> you ready? You ready? I'm ready. Shaq. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, yes. In Earth three fourteen, that's, that's Steel, totally that's Superman. Right, Shaq. Yeah, motherfucker. On Earth X. Yeah, <laughs> Earth X. <laughs> Billion dollar idea. And in, You're welcome, DC. And, and in the Matrix, it's <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Any final thoughts for um, Joker movie? Or we'll move on. Moving on. All right, so moving on. We're going to talk about some Marvel news now. We have a couple Marvel stories, and then we'll get to the trailer. Uh, First up, I have a movie that we've talked about on numerous occasions due to other trailers and where this fits in other universes and what the fuck Saudi's trying to do. But Venom is making the rounds again. Uh, It's coming closer to release date. From the start of this movie being announced... I've always heard it being referred to as a gritty, R-rated, violent take on this comic book character. Sony seemed like they were on board with that, following the success of Deadpool and Logan. Somewhere along the way, Sony just started second-guessing themselves, and they realized that all these Spider-Man spinoff movies that they're trying to put out in their own non-MCU universe are missing one key element, and that is Spider-Man. So in order to keep the door open for a potential crossover or cameo from Spider-Man, Venom is now officially rated PG-13. What do you guys think of Sony's decision to make this movie PG-13 and not R? That they're never going to be able to uh, say woof again. Because, <laughs> like, I, I'm not wrong, right? Like, they hyped this up as a rated R movie. Yeah. I, I worry about what was cut to make it PG-13. Will it change things? 
is there I think it's a, enough that they cut out how much gets chopped? I think the fine print for PG-13 and R is you can't have, like, blood splatter and a lot of gushing blood between PG-13 and R. You can have well, people I mean, get shot and stuff like that, and you can't have a lot of F-bombs, but... I just mean, that, like, is that what got cut? Is there... What is it that got cut that we're not going to see, is what I'm saying. Right, and... I think you're going to see a lot of probably the same stuff. Maybe people just die in less violent ways. I, I'm assuming that's what we're getting. And less language. I, know, I just saw a new trailer for it. I think I saw like the shortened one that was like 30 seconds a couple of months ago. And we were at the movies in the last week. And I saw, I guess, whatever the most recent one is. Yeah. And um, was, there, was there one in front of Predator? Yeah, that's that, that? where the long one was. That was a good okay. trailer. So, we, yeah, we went to see uh, A Simple Favor the other night, too, and it's between everything. I couldn't remember where it was, but, um, yeah, I I would say seeing seeing this newest one and more of a long-form preview, I'm no more or less interested or enthusiastic about it. I think I'm going to have to actually sit through the full two hours just to see whether it's a dumpster fire or not. <laughs> That's the sad thing is, as much as I don't want to give Sony my money, I feel like at this point I kind of want to see it because my curiosity is winning out, and I just want to see if there is any semblance of a movie here. Right. Uh, and what's scary is that the the rumors are saying this movie is tracking to be Sony's biggest opening in a really, really long time. Critic Critically, people that review movies are expecting this to be shit. But the internet tracking or pre, you know, ticket pre-sales or whatever, they're they're tracking this movie to make gangbusters when it premieres. People like Venom. Um, that, that that's the simplest way I would state that it's a Spider-Man universe movie. But Venom has always been just as big as a lot of the superheroes in Marvel. And I think this goes to our point: is that. General movie going public does not understand that this is not part of the MCU. They see it as a Marvel character that's part of the Spider-Man universe, and they will, will go see it. Mm -hmm. And I laughed when the preview started. That, and I I would do it if I was them. You know, they put the you know Marvel banner up in front of the the preview, but in big letters above that logo, in association with. It's in association with Marvel. It yes. has nothing to do with the Marvel Studios logo, which is plastered on every MCU movie. Right, right, but that's the so there is a difference movie, if you're paying going, attention. Yeah, the general movie going audience is not noticing the difference between the Marvel logo and the Marvel Studios logo. Correct. So let them be confused. Whatever. Speaking of confused, I'm just looking at Andy's face, and he looks confused and appalled at something, and I can't tell <laughs> what he's looking at. I don't, I don't know if that face is for this topic or something else. <laughs> Andy, where do you stand on all this stuff? <laughs> I'm uh I I have trouble <laughs> thinking of Venom and not seeing the googly-eyed Venom. <laughs> <laughs> so every googly time like I think of Venom, I'm just like, ah, Ian and the googly-eyed <laughs> the bag and uh, you know, that, that was the Ian, Ian will be so proud that he's ruined Venom for you already <laughs> due to a googly-eyed meme yeah. that has hit the internet. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I think it's probably as far as things are going with our conversation. 
I think it's probably <laughs> the right decision decision uh, Sony is making to make it PG thirteen. But I really, really want an R rated Venom movie. I would really, really love an R rated Maximum Carnage movie, like with uh, Carnage yeah. and Venom in it. But yeah. I think th- I think this sets the stage. I think any other Spider-Man spin-off movie that Sony does is now going to be PG-13 just because Venom is now PG-13. I think from here on out they're going to keep everything PG-13. I, I think those I think rules they're can holding be broken, out hope. Though. Well, I think they're holding out hope that somewhere down the line Spider-Man and the MCU are going to want to play together and they you know whatever Sony is making, I think maybe not right away, but I think part of their long-term plan is to somehow get all that stuff to mesh together. And who's to say? Because again, we have no idea how this fine print works in this Spider-Man, Sony, Marvel deal. Yeah, we don't know if there's a time fence on this thing. If like somewhere down the line, there's going to be a chance to renew this deal, and Sony's going to say, "No, we don't want to do that. We want Spider-Man back." And then they're able to put them in their own movies, and it's going to be a whole clusterfuck of stuff. It's going to confuse everybody, and you know, ultimately, the decision I feel like is going to end up on Sony's doorstep at some point to allow Spider-Man to continue being in the MCU. Or if they're going to pull that back and say, no, we want to make our own movies again and you can't play with your own stuff anymore. So to give you maybe some perspective as a springboard for discussion, the point you just made that certain whatever tracking algorithms and whatever crap they use to say like, oh, this might be on track to be a huge opening for them. Yeah. So according to Box Office Mojo, um, Sony's biggest opening weekend films ever out of the top 10 the first four are all spider-man movies Mm -hmm. case in point that is why they will not surrender this license ever uh Mm -hmm. spider-man 3 is at the top with 151 million then spider-man homecoming at 117 Uh, i think these are just domestic numbers um Mm -hmm. Wait, Spider-Man 3 beat Spider-Man Homecoming? Just in the opening. Actually, it even made more overall. Spider-Man 3 made 336 million domestically. That movie Homecoming only made 334. But we all lot, know that now. But a Andy, lot of people we didn't know that going sucked. in. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people sucked. saw that. And but to be fair, like that was 2007, even like Facebook was not even utilized like it is now it's not even utilized like it was in 2010 so like a lot of people got out to see that movie before word really spread about really the reputation of it oh yeah i think spider-man 3 made a shit ton of money because spider-man 2 was so good yes oh, yeah spider-man 2 was awesome so i mean ticking down their list it's spider-man 3 homecoming spider-man 1 surprisingly the amazing spider-man 2 is the fourth biggest opening, then Skyfall, James Bond, then Spider-Man 2. So in their top ten, Spider-Man, wow. Spider-Man movies account for half. And I'm surprised the best, one of the James, better Spider-Man movies on that list is the lowest one. Yeah, what the yeah, fuck? And, and the James <laughs> Bond movies account for three of the other ten. So they're like really protective of their franchises, I'm sure. Sidebar, doesn't, doesn't, I thought Sony lost James Bond. Uh, I mean, maybe they did after Spectre. Spectre's number eight for them. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it was recently that they couldn't secure the rights to distribute. Like they might have overseas distrib- distribution for that, but I don't know if they have domestic anymore for James Bond. It very well could be. I don't know. 
which is why they're another reason why their film division is fucking hurting right now. Yeah. They don't they're not pumping out Spider-Man movies like they used to, which is obviously a big money maker for them. If they've lost James Bond, that's a big chunk of their change. What's more likely as far as whether or not they sell Spider-Man, they're going to sell that whole film division before they can get rid of the Spider-Man rights. Whoever buys the probably. Sony film division, which is probably something Disney will bid on if that ever comes up, just so they yeah. can get Spider-Man back. I mean, if it makes anybody feel better, uh, their 39th biggest opening ever was You Don't Mess With the Zohan. <laughs> that Adam Sandler movie, which is one spot above Angry Birds. Oh. I love Don't Mess With the Zohan. I actually didn't mind. I want to make you silky smooth. Yeah, I actually didn't mind Don't Mess With the Zohan, but I saw Angry Birds and wanted to stab my fucking eyeballs out. So... <laughs> <laughs> like I wish the Angry Birds were actually there pecking my eyeballs out of their sockets. So yeah, that I was rough. Put that on the next poster for the sequel. Just me, me in horror as, as birds are eating my. Yeah, come see ret- this if you want retinas. birds to peck your eyes out. <laughs> so I I don't know like if if you're looking if they're talking about the tracking it's hard to tell like are they talking about it's going to be a big opening in terms of the money in terms of things recently because like most of those movies in their top 10 even yeah a few of them were, are within the last couple years but i, I mean think it's it, it, it nothing like really stands out i think they're expecting it to track somewhere near homecoming which i think is way, no way overshooting <laughs> um this movie is what did homecoming open with 117 no way because from what i'm finding from this Quick Google search for what the headlines that I'd seen. Uh, according to... I'm trying to load the site. It doesn't load quick enough. Uh, Box Office Pro. This is off of comicbook.com. Uh, it's saying that the film is tracking to receive a record-breaking opening in theaters when it debuts in October. The film is currently estimated to open between $55 million and $85 million domestically. Yeah. Bumping up previous numbers that pegged Venom between 30 to $50 million. I'd what, say 50 what record? to 60 is... I could believe that. Yeah. But what record is it breaking? Box office record for the month of October is what they're looking at. Oh, well, so, which is shit. currently held I mean, by Gravity at 55.8 million. Gravity. Right. Was that the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock and Sandra Bullock? Uh, that movie fucking sucked too. <laughs> you didn't like it? <laughs> I mean, it was. They're saying. It was a. They're <laughs> saying the anal- analytics for Venom is tracking high with a 91% average positive interest. So, you know, general movie-going audiences are asking, they're probably asking them, do you want to see Venom? What do you think of this trailer? And everyone's saying, oh, yeah, it looks good. I'll tell you now, if they market well enough, Halloween beats Venom. Possibly. And I, I, I just looked into, same thing, Box Office Mojo's all-time uh, October performance. At least on opening, yeah, Gravity is at, like, just under $56 million. But it's really sad. Like if if you look at the top ten in there, there's I guess there's a couple that you could say are like horror movies, but they're really weak mm-hmm. horror movies like Paranormal Activity three, Scary Movie <laughs> three, which is a a, a a a satire spoof, Paranormal Activity two, The Grudge. Like there's not 
wonder why no one releases in October then. Like to me that that screams for like there's a there's a market there in October that if you release a big budget blockbuster, you're going to make 150 million and set well, a record for d- October. D- I think like they could have done it with um I think it was like the first few Thor movies all the first two Thor movies both released like the first week of November. Instead of November, yeah, November's been stuff, yeah, yeah, two and three did the first first Thor was I want to say May, but yeah, two and three were were November. See, I feel like it, I feel like it was all three were in November. I think the first, I think Josh is right. I think the first Thor came out. This is like a summer release, but I'd have to confirm that. Either way, they 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 put these Thor movies out right at the beginning of November. And they made, I mean, Ragnarok did gangbusters. And all that, everybody... But if they pushed a week back, they would have made just as much money. You know I mean? we, like, yeah. With those movies, it's not going to make a difference. And they could just destroy the October records. Well, that's what I mean. Like, just as soon as... Kick. Like, once Deadpool hit in February, it made a shit ton of money. Black Panther did February, made a shit ton of money. Uh, Winter Soldier released in April. That made yeah. a shit ton of money. I like think... there, there shouldn't be a clear. And I've, we've had this conversation before. There's, there's no reason why you need a clear cut three or four month time period to release all your biggest shit. Yeah. October seems like it's prime and ready for someone to release a big budget movie in there and just kill it. There's no competition. Right, and and, and that's part of it is that they, at some point these movie companies decided that there's a certain time that people like to watch movies more, and they've had this same idea since like the fifties, and they've stuck with it, and it's just not true. And it's being yeah. proven. Like you were, it, it's not based on people not going to the theater. It's based on the movies you released in that month. If the movie is big enough to draw the crowd, it doesn't matter when you release it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think when when your number eight of all time openers in the month of October is High School Musical three. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's supposed to be like the month for Halloween, for horror, for scary, for thriller. That's a, for... That's a terrifying movie to me. <laughs> it's not. I mean, the the it. I, it, to to say that like, oh, it's going to be record breaking. We're going to release Venom. And it's going to be record breaking. Yeah, but to, oh no, never mind. That's really not even PC at all. The joke I was going to make. <laughs> well, I was going to use a. I was going to quote a line from a movie, but it's really bad. But it, it's like your your bar is so low already that you're really like bragging about something that you really shouldn't be. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys this: with the new rating PG thirteen, does that make you more or less likely to see this movie? No difference. No difference. I I, I go into it expecting less enjoyment, but no less, no more or less. Okay, Andy. Uh, I'm the same way. I think I. Would um, enjoy an R-rated movie better, but uh, it's not going to change whether I'm going to see it or not. Well, let me ask you guys this: Do you plan on seeing this in the theater, or is this a catch later? Yes, it's it's, it's a cusp movie for me. Okay, as you know, all you know, I I haven't been getting to the theater very often, <laughs> so it's probably going to be a no. <laughs> well, that was on your old schedule, so maybe your new That's schedule. True. That's true. Yeah, yeah. How's how's your uh, catch up list from last year coming? <laughs> <laughs> I think that means not at all. That can be fixed in one solid weekend with some money dumped into Amazon. <laughs> 
half of that shit's probably on Netflix now. You probably don't even have to pay for anything. There's a lot mm-hmm. that's on streaming options. Yep. Um, do you think we'll ever see some sort of crossover with the MCU or like a Spider-Man in these spin-off movies? Do you think I think I feel like it's going to happen. It's going to be somewhere down the line. It's not going to be anytime soon. I think we'll see Spider-Man in these movies, but I don't think you'll see these characters in the MCU. If do you think it's going to be Tom Holland Spider-Man or just yes. a, do you think Sony will recast Spider-Man for their movies? I think it'll be Tom Holland. They won't recast. Okay. I think I think I would not be surprised if Marvel made it as clear as they could or through through whatever weight around that they could to Sony with Venom to say it's really not a good idea if you're considering putting Tom Holland as Spider-Man in that Venom movie. Maybe you should see how well it does and what the reception is before you make public statements or or put that in your plan or say what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. So, so, sort of, you know, like the, I don't say like a mob boss suggestion, you know, but like, maybe you, uh, you don't think it's such a good idea right now. <laughs> maybe you, uh, you have a change of heart later. And you gotta wonder if, if Marvel has the, authority, <coughs> I mean, granted their movies have been making money. So if Sony wants to listen and, and take some sound advice, they should listen to Marvel, but. If Sony still ultimately owns the character, right? I, I, does, does Marvel have any say? If Sony's like, we don't give a shit what you're saying, we're gonna put Tom Holland in here. I, I agree. I don't. I didn't mean to insinuate that that they did have the authority to do so, but hoping that they threw whatever weight around that they had, yeah, to you know have. I don't say like intimidate per se, but I guess that is like as Feige's counting his roll of thousand dollar bills. Right. Right. Still wearing that hat. <laughs> he will never get rid of that hat. <laughs> uh, all right, anything else for Venom? Because we're gonna—that's gonna be out before you know it. That's soon. That's in two weeks. Is it? Be, is it beginning of October? I yeah. can't remember when in October. Yeah. No. I okay. Here, I realized this yesterday, which does not bode well like if 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 the you know the sony trackers were surveying me i realized this this is this is not good for good for them venom opens the same day as uh drew goddard's new movie bad times at the el royale Mm. i absolutely definitely know i want to see that like as soon as i possibly can that looks incredible (laughs) and so fun whereas with venom i'm like yeah i guess i'll see it right yeah and they come out on the same day. Double feature. Right. If you can To be do that, fair, right? I think Venom has been marketed a lot better than Drew oh. Goddard's movie. So yeah. general yeah, movie God- going audience, I think, is leaning towards Venom. Oh, I'm sure. Would- I mean, Goddard is going to be an under-the-radar thing, just like a lot of his projects are. But yeah, um, the fact that people who are in the market, who, who in theory should be in the bag for these comic book movies, are like... Well, I don't know. Maybe. I guess I'll see it. It's coming out, so I suppose. Yeah. What else am I doing? Is the El Royale movie, is that the one where there's like six characters that all sort of get thrown together and you get stories from each of them and they interlock and all that jazz? I think that's how it's going to go, yeah. They're like at that hotel yeah. that, that is built okay. over state lines and uh, like John, Ham- John Hamm's in it, Jeff Bridges, Chris Hemsworth. Okay, yeah. 
It looks really fun. It does. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, that opening weekend, I'll probably end up seeing that as opposed to Venom, just because of the smaller crowd. That's and true. I'm not yeah, a fan I... of big crowded theaters, so, so I'll probably see Venom during the week in the afternoon at some point. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the marquee difference. I mean, how people? I mean, we got we got our Infinity War tickets like what three weeks in advance, maybe even more. Like whenever they went on oh. sale, we freaking got them. And you were yeah. you were you were counting your calendar, waiting for that. And in juxtaposition to that, you're like, oh well, there's this other movie coming out the same day as Venom. I can't I mean, quite decide which one I want to see. Like, that's a stark contrast. Yeah, Case but, in point, I don't remember what day Venom was coming out. Exactly. Yeah, the, the, there's <laughs> that. But, I mean, we've also been waiting ten years with the date that this May 4th, you know, 2018, we're going to get to see this Avengers Infinity War movie, and we've known that other, for years. But that to Josh's true. point, other than if we, if we hear there's me, a Venom movie coming out, we should be a lot more fucking excited for yeah. a Venom movie coming out. Yeah. Like in all in all actuality, mostly we we should on paper, I would bet you should be more excited for a Venom movie than you were an Ant-Man movie. Yes. Or an Ant-Man sequel. Yes. And I was lukewarm on both mm. Ant-Man movies and I'm extremely lukewarm on Venom. I'll say the for the first Ant-Man, I would say yeah, maybe you know, be more into a Venom movie than that first Ant-Man when before you see either of them. Having seen the first Ant-Man, no, I was way more excited for Ant-Man and the Wasps than I was for Venom. I agree, but like Josh was saying, that this was prior to each movie coming out. Like, how if you if you told me to name a lot of stuff about Ant-Man prior to the Ant-Man movie, I couldn't tell you two shits about it, but if you talk to me about Venom... I can hold a conversation about Venom, so if you tell me there's a Venom movie coming out, I would have been fucking stoked for a Venom movie. And the fact that you're not, sure. you weren't even quite sure what the release weekend was. Right. It's like, we, we, we just know it's a thing we're going to have to do. It, it's, like, it's like the Iron Fist of movies. And well, at this point, I'm not seeing it because I want to. I'm seeing it because, will this be a barn fire, or will they actually salvage this movie and make something cohesive? Exactly. That's not. I don't feel like that's the right movie to see a movie. They're, granted, they're gonna. They could get my money either way, but I'm. I feel like I'm going into this with the wrong headspace and the wrong reasons to see it. I agree with that, but I think it could surprise you. I'm hoping it does. I, I think the the uh, the possibility is there for this to surprise you. Where it, it, it another movie along these lines is like that Fantastic Four movie with Michael B. Jordan. There was no chance that movie was going to surprise me. Trailers for that sold it, I think, a little bit better than... Well, definitely better than what the movie actually was. Trailers trailers on that did not make me want to see it in the least. Trailers for Venom, I'm kind of like, well, Venom looks pretty cool. And they're making them have some cool abilities. I think the trailers for that Fantastic Four movie actually looked pretty decent. And I was curious to see... I, I enjoyed that cast enough that I thought, oh, this could be something really cool. Mm. But, I mean, prior to that movie, you started hearing about all the -the behind-the-scenes shit with Josh Trank and everything hitting the fan, and then you had an inkling that maybe this wouldn't be that good. But the trailers for Venom have not sold me on this movie yet. Okay. I, I... Andy, you've been pretty quiet. Anything? That's true. Go ahead. Sorry. I think give Venom, uh, as far as the animation... Yeah, it looks pretty cool. 
and I am a Agreed. fan of Tom Hardy. That's fair, but uh, it's still it's still not exactly in my strike zone to go out and see. So I will be really surprised if this makes anyone's top ten when we get there. It probably won't, but I do hope that when we record in a couple of months our favorites of this year, I hope it at least makes my surprise section. There you go. That's, Fair. that's yeah. what I'll keep my I'm fingers just, crossed for. I'm just hoping to watch ten movies. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have your bar. That's your bar for this year, Mandy. Watch ten movies. That'll make your list very, very easy. It's it's um, just not a priority anymore for whatever reason. Yeah, shit happens. Maybe you'll see Venom and it'll reignite your passion. <laughs> For not seeing movies? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that would go the opposite way. I think you should this see the El Royale movie I booked instead. off my Saturday morning for. Fuck bet. this. I'm never going out of my house again. Or just wait and watch Halloween. That looks like that's a solid bet. Uh, Alright, so last little article before we get to the trailer. So this is the, probably the last thing we'll have Josh for. Uh, Variety is reporting that the upcoming Disney streaming service will see a few Marvel TV shows. They're saying that we'll see shows from some of the second tier Marvel heroes, which are basically ones that haven't gotten their own movie. So they specifically name Loki and Scarlet Witch as getting TV shows. Not only that, but these shows would be produced by Marvel Studios and not Marvel TV, which means Kevin Feige will oversee these shows, and they will most likely star Tom Hiddleston as Loki and Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Variety is reporting these shows would run for about six to eight episodes. I mean, to me, that's I guess, seems more like a miniseries than a TV show, but I guess it depends if they do multiple iterations or seasons or whatever they try to do. Yeah. Uh, Marvel and Disney have made no official comment or announcement one way or the other, so there's no way to tell if this is real or not. Um, but what do you guys think of the idea of uh, bringing some movie stars and, you know, the people from the movie side of the MCU to the streaming service for possibly their own shows. I think they uh, need to select the characters very carefully. And the stories in which they tell them. And, <laughs> and that's going to be key. It, it's a big cohesion thing that they're going to have to be very, very careful about. I mean, they started to make it cohesive with like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and then they just kind of gave up. So I could kind of see them just making stories with these characters and just kind of saying, well, but sort of kind of maybe happened here. Like I if they're, if they're, real quick, I just had if, if they're gonna do Loki, I will give them their story idea because this is the only thing that's come to mind that I could think would be interesting enough to see w- without just thinking that the, the, the a- Andy hit the nail on the head. The story is gonna be key because I don't know what they're gonna come up with for Scarlet Witch. Like if you, if you if you come up with a Scarlet Witch six part series at like an hour apiece. Uh, supposedly after Quicksilver's dead. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> just in case, I got burned earlier. Um, Josh, the point is to put spoiler before you yeah. say the spoiler. It was actually more of a joke that that movie's three and a half years old. So if you don't <laughs> know that by now and you're listening to a show like this, I'd piss off. Um, that <laughs> What are you going to tell me about Scarlet Witch who's carrying things in which probably you're not going to have other big-name supporting characters in it. 
you're probably not going to have other people from the established movies, for instance, backing her up if she's already the star of the show. Um, so given that, the, the, he's right, the story selection has to be very careful. So here's your Loki story. This is all it needs to be. Six episodes, an hour piece, and done. Fill in the time gap from the end of Dark World to the beginning of Ragnarok. That's all you need. Uh, yeah, I'd watch that. I, I went, I, just tell me what happened while he was impersonating his father, how he tricked him into in, you know, enchanting him and moving him to Earth and what decisions he made and, and his internal struggles or, or lack thereof during that time gap. That's all you need. Be, do it and be done. The only tricky thing with that is you'd have to get Anthony Hopkins back and probably have him split time as Loki. Because Loki at that point is dis- is in disguise as Odin. Potentially, and yes. And Carl Urban. So I'm just wondering yes. how much you actually see t- like Tom Hiddleston's Loki in that show if he's impersonating Odin. The only thing is, to me, that immediately it presents challenges. Yes, but otherwise, like what aspect of Loki's life are you going to be able to tell me that you don't need Anthony Hopkins for, that you don't need Thor for, that you don't need Frigga for? Is it while he's growing up? Is it during a time period that we've already seen and he's off doing something else? Like he has a he has a beginning, he has an end. We know it, so it's got to be okay. somewhere in between. So there's th- sort of a gap in between Avengers one or end of Thor and Avengers. You could throw something in there when yeah. he's lost in space. Yeah, and how he gets the sure. staff and meets Thanos. And... Right. Sure. There you go. Okay. I, I can idea. throw this for you. I I, I love the idea of this but i think it's uh 100% hogwash um i think i think that's a good term for it uh <laughs> i don't see any aspect where they get and they take the risk with loki to do a series like that and i don't see any interest in doing it with a character like scarlet witch who we know everything we need to know, but I just I just don't see it happening. People chose whoever came up with putting this out. If it is fake, chose very poorly on who they said they were going to follow, because I just don't see them going those routes at all. All right, so let me ask you this question then: If you don't like the pick of Tom Hiddleston's Loki and Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch getting shows, which second tier Marvel characters that have been in the MCU? Would you give shows to? I go to the third tier. Give me Lady Sif and the Warriors three. Um, give me okay. their adventures off on their own. Doesn't affect the MCU at all. Just let them do their own thing. We know their fate in the end, except for Sif, of course. But we know the rest of their fate, and that would be an interesting one. Yeah, I know Jamie Alexander probably won't do it, but that. Would well, be I'm sort one. of thinking. Devil's Advocate wise, that I don't know if those characters are well known enough to generate interest and to want to pay a subscription to watch a TV show about them. Maybe not. To, well, I'm saying what I'd want without fucking with the canon. Okay, fair, fair can. Okay, fair point. Yeah. Um, you know, like yeah, like if if you want money, shit, just put Chris Hemsworth in anything you're doing. Put Chris Pratt in it. Yeah, that would generate lots. But, um, I I think that could be another fun turn on them is what were Rocket and Groot up to ahead of time. Um, 
before Guardians one before the first Guardians movie. Give us a, some Rocket and Groot bounty hunter stories. Um, that's watch, probably too I'd expensive. Hell yeah, it's not a bad idea. But the CGI is probably too expensive for a show. But well, yeah, I guess this is my fault, Mike, because I did ask you what would you like to see, not what do you expect Disney to make. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think I mean potentially they might be able to do like the Adventures of War Machine. Oh, he yeah. has an entirely other capacity yeah. that he served for the government for years and years. Once he became, you get the great joke when he drops the tank and he's like, "Boom!" Exactly for this. <laughs> exactly, you can kind of show that that play out in one of the episodes. I, I'd uh, like to how see... about West Coast Avengers? Ooh, yeah. Okay. Get like War Machine and some of the second tier people that make up that team of Wonder Avengers. Man. Yeah. I could Sorry, take that. Sorry, I cut you off. Go for it. Um, I was thinking Hawkeye and Black Widow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be another one for me, too. Yes. That's a, the funny thing is, I don't know if Black Widow would be on the table, because she's been rumored to be getting her own solo movie. So I think if that happens, I don't expect to see her I, in these shows. I'd still like to see a, a Hawkeye. Yeah, I think Hawkeye's a, a definite one. I think Jeremy Renner needs to have something that he leads with that character. Now, granted, we don't know his role in Avengers 4, because they kept him out of 3. I feel like he might actually have a big role in 4, but... You know, mm-hmm. I, I think if he gets short-shafted again, that going to this service and having a TV show revolve around Hawkeye for six or eight episodes, which is something I've been thinking would be good for Netflix, too. But if they're not going to put him on Netflix, they want to save it for the streaming service like this. I think that would that would work a lot. I'm on board with that. Yeah. It could work really well as, like, his... Uh, not, not entire backstory, but just his pre-introduction you could absolutely do his prequel series before he shows up in Thor, before he shows up in Avengers. Do that period, because I let's hear the Budapest story. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like I feel like we can we can all mentally fill in the gap sufficiently enough between Avengers movies with him. We don't necessarily need like Adventure Time with Hawkeye in between those parts. Yeah, but seeing his. Not even his introduction to S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that's the thing. I hope some of these, they don't choose origin stories for some of these folks. Like, just, if you're going to give me Hawkeye, guess what? He's already been a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. for several years. Just drop me in somewhere. Pick right. pick me up on a storyline that's that's just starting, but give me established an established paradigm. I mean, because we don't really know who's going to make it out of Avengers 4, so... If some of these characters survive those events, it could be a nice spin-off from them from going from the Avengers movies into their own lead show. Yeah. Yep. Um, does this give you any more incentive to maybe sign up for Disney streaming service or for if you were still on the fence? If it gets confirmed. And okay. once content is released. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't... Sarah hasn't really been biting at it that much like oh of course this is something because she we have so many freaking movies on dvd already <laughs> um so i don't know if like the draw to like oh it's immediately available on streaming i don't even have to get off the couch i don't know if it's that strong yet but yeah the original content could be interesting but just like the dc stuff like i'm not such there there's not such a gain that you get immediately where you're like oh i have to be there day one obviously like why yeah there's not extra value you're really getting yet. Fair, fair. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've said it before. I'm pretty much in for this service, whatever it ends up being. Like they, <laughs> they've already got my money between Star Wars, Marvel, Disney. I'm, I'm on board. So this is just more icing on the cake for me. Yeah, they, they've got a lot of the best stuff. It's going to be tough to say no. Yeah. And they keep claiming anybody, any articles that I've read, they're saying the price is going to be cheaper than Netflix. If it's cheaper than Netflix, I'm a hundred percent in. Now I don't know if that's going to be like we're going to we're going to start it low just to get people in the door, and then it's going to go up later. But as of right now, from what I've read, they're saying cheaper than Netflix. Do we have a date yet? Twenty nineteen. Not just a year. We don't. We don't have a any month, quarter, season, nothing. Mm, no. Okay. I thought I want to say fall of 2019, but I don't know if I heard that or if that's just my guess. I I feel like I might have read that somewhere, but I don't know if that's someone's so speculation we're, or we're yeah. still a solid year away then. Yeah, Possibly. it's not going to be soon. Yeah, yeah, and I forget if the if the Disney agreement with Netflix um ends with any new release in 2018. Or if it goes into certain parts or sometimes specific properties into 2019. Like, for instance, Black Panther just went onto Netflix like two or three weeks ago. Um, I expect Avengers, I expect Infinity War and Ant-Man will in the very early part of next year. I don't know if that's the end of it. So, like, I think it's 2019 when that starts because I'm pretty sure I read Captain Marvel is like the first one that's going to hit the streaming service after release okay so, so that would be then, their first release in 2019 so then yeah then maybe if they're launching in the fall so so at least with the netflix arrangement they've been adding the titles to netflix approximately eight months after they were released in theaters um so if they were going for a late year or fall launch next year captain marvel comes out in march so between september and november would be six to eight months after that was released. And obviously it's their property. They can then have more freedom to put it on whenever they wish. But if they still wanted to leave time, like, hey, let people buy the Blu-ray, let them kind of soak it for a while, and then yeah. we'll, put it, we'll put it out, that that would uh, that would kind of line up with what they've done so far. Yeah, that makes sense. They don't want to screw up their home video sales for putting it on streaming at day and date with when it hits home video. Yeah, I mean, overall, the idea sounds like it could be good, but as I think Anthony hit it, uh, or Andy hit it on the head, like, immediately at the beginning, which was, it's got to be good stories, and it's got to be carefully selected. It, yeah. if, if they make content just for the sake of content, it's uh, it's not going to sell well. It's not going to go over well. Like, some people might jump yeah. on at first, but it's going to, I don't think they'll s- stick with it. It might sour their reviews of it to other people yeah we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on this whenever they do some official announcements for what the service is release date price what it's going to offer we'll be definitely talking about that whenever that time comes do they have is there a d23 expo sometime this year or next year 2019 because i imagine we they're probably going to reveal a lot of this service at their own convention no idea uh I don't think there's one scheduled for this year. Yeah, I was gonna say I think the next one was next year. I think I heard 2019 was 
Yeah, the well, yeah, that's that's what I meant. Like, you know, we only got what three months, four months left in this year. So yeah, the, the twenty the D twenty three website is saying August of twenty nineteen. So if they're looking for a fall release for that service, I think that'd be a prime time to talk about what the service is going to be. It's a great launching pad. Yep. So, all right. Um, I think that's it for this one, Josh. This is where we're going to try to get in the trailer. All right. Yep. So I I did not. We will cut you loose. Did not watch it. I'm gonna hope that it's a good decision. And in March, I won't think. Yeah, that was okay. I just should have. <laughs> Not put the blinders on for this one, but uh, I mean your track record's been pretty good so far, right? So yeah, I mean I didn't I didn't really care again I didn't really care about Ant Man that much. So if I happen to be somewhere like I didn't go I didn't watch it online, but if I was somewhere if I was at a theater and it came on, I didn't run away or hide or anything. Gotcha. So um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping it continues to be a good idea. So well, I wish you luck in your continued adventure. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the show, folks, and uh, I will hopefully see you much sooner rather than later next time. Definitely. All right, Josh. All right. Bye, see guys. You. See ya. All right. So we have cut Josh loose, uh, and then there were three. So, yeah, we're going to move on to the Captain Marvel trailer. Um, so, again, Marvel finally gave us the trailer for the next movie in the MCU. Captain Marvel, due out in March. Stars Brie Larson, Sam Jackson, Clark Gregg, Jude Law, and is directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, both of which I have no idea who they are or what they've done. Uh, movie set in the 90s, presumably will be some sort of origin story for Captain Marvel, which I think Kevin Feige has said she's going to be the most powerful hero in the MCU. Um, thoughts on the trailer? What do you guys think? Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know how to put this, but it, it, it felt very Green Lantern-y to me. Oh, okay. I could see that. Those are strong words. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean it looks interesting and you know, like Brie Larson looks good in in the outfit and everything, but I don't know, the fighter pilot, the team of people wearing the same suits and the electric. You know, I never thought about how similar it is to the Green Lantern movie until now you're spelling it out for me. It feels very (laughs) Green Lantern-y. And it's spooking me out, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, I could see cause for concern there. Uh, Mike, what'd you think? Um... A few things of note, uh, to me at least, were the Kree warriors looked amazing. Uh, Kree or Skrull? Kree. She she's a Kree? she she gets her powers from the Kree. Oh, fair point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So when you see like that squadron of what looks like a bunch of Captain Marvels, in the one scene where they're all kind of glowing and flying. In Lanterny? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that they that is Cree warriors uh, or some amalgamation of I would assume warriors that she fights alongside of. Uh, yeah. With them, or maybe that's where Captain Marvel, the first Captain Marvel, 
was with before you know among those warriors before wow this really is fucking green lantern um <laughs> i didn't mean to ruin it for you guys but then just... way to go andy way to go uh, <laughs> um but i i felt like they looked great um i feel like the you know, as Carol Danvers, I think she's going to do a good job. As Captain Marvel, we'll have to see, um, you know, how, how that goes. But, a few, like, one of the biggest things to me that said, like, I was extremely happy to see, I should say, is that you can clearly see Ronan in one picture uh, yeah. for a brief moment there, and I... He's one of my favorite played villains so far in the Marvel Universe, the the cinematic universe, the MCU. It, it, it's I think I knew great that. That's interesting. What? That he's one of my favorites? Yeah, because normally he gets shit on by a lot of people. I thought his take on Ronan was fantastic because it fit the tone of Guardians. It didn't... It didn't necessarily fit the tone of the Ronin from the comics, but it fit the tone of the movie, and he played it correctly. You know, I mean, they, they, right? Okay. James Gunn got out of him what was needed, and I think that was one of the more unique performances to the villain. You know, I mean, he put his own spin on it, which I don't think a lot of Marvel Universe villains are doing, which isn't necessary because they're written so well to begin with. But in that case, it worked. Yeah. So I'm excited to see more of it either way. Um, I don't think he can be the main villain though. I like if they have him again. I don't know how that's gonna work. I mean, maybe they'll give him a little bit more to do in this one. If they made him a lot more nefarious, that would be good. He seems fairly, you know, daunting and all that, but we don't really see it. You, yeah. You know what I mean? We ju he's just a lot of talk. And then he just kicks the Guardian's ass and moves on. Until they trick him, basically. So, seeing him actually do some really villainy things would be cool. Um, mm -hmm. But, in general, I mean, it, it, it's an okay first trailer. I don't think the trailer itself is lighting the world on fire. I think it's a good trailer showing you what's going to happen, what to expect, but I don't think it's the most exciting. See, maybe I'm more, I don't know, maybe I'm more excited about this than you guys. I thought the trailer was really good. I don't, granted, I don't know as much about Captain Marvel as I do maybe some of the other characters. And I don't remember a part of her origin story where she sort of forgets living on Earth. I felt like that was new for me, but maybe that's that, part of no, an origin that I'll remember. No, that's new. Um... Because Captain Marvel is Carol Danvers, who was Miss Marvel. That's right. Rogue stole the power from her. Right. Yes. 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 Rogue is empowered because she has her powers. Um, but the difference is, is that she's Miss Marvel first, and she's a superhero on Earth that then additionally gains the powers of Captain Marvel. Um, and. It, it like she gains additional power. She just doesn't just change her name to Captain and put on a different suit. You know, she gets she gets more. And I I, I don't I don't know how they're gonna spin that story. And I'll have to look up 
maybe the ultimate they, they they've drawn a lot of their stuff from ultimate universe comics yeah yeah and i don't know what her origin is in the ultimate comics i just know the normal comics what her origin is so right i will have to look that up and see uh how they play yeah, i don't know i think i think the um i think there's a lot to get excited about in the trailer and i think the the 90s setting i thought looked cool to me um we get a quick shot of like her in the with this with the helmet on and the mohawk which i thought was really fucking cool um, did we get that there yeah well, i know even, i the saw the helmet i didn't see were, the mohawk though i thought the hel- the mohawk was part of the helmet thing like that was just part of the outfit there I don't know if I couldn't tell if the mohawk was part of like a helmet piece or if that was actually her hair coming out of the helmet. I missed the mohawk. But it looked like it was in there. I didn't, I missed it totally. Yeah, I, I'll have to watch it again and see if I can see. Yeah, I'll have to maybe we'll convene after the podcast because I'm not going to dig through the trailer now to try to no, find no, a time no, code, no. but I can yeah. I can try to find that later. Um, Mike mentioned we get the quick shot of Ronan, which I thought was cool. We get to see a young Nick Fury and Coulson. Yeah, which I can't tell if it's if they're de aging them in the computer or if that's just really good makeup. If it's but tough either to way, tell, I that's think a they good look thing. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I I got actually really kind of geeked out, and I don't know why, but the the whole like title cards that come up and they they say that well, like what makes her a hero, and it starts with her and then fades into a hero. I thought was a really really nice touch. Um. And the ending shot of the trailer with, like, all the different versions of her through t- through the ages, like, young to old, all, st- like, getting knocked down and then standing back up, and it cuts together like that. Mm-hmm. Like, as they're, as they're, like, one shot of her standing up, but at different eras. I thought that was really, really cool. I don't know if that's part of the movie or if that's just cut for the trailer, but I thought that was really cool. Um... And obviously we get a little peek at the Skrulls, which is a big get for the MCU because they could have major implications of what where the future of the MCU could go. And that excites me. I didn't me. notice that either. There's a shot of like three or four of them real quick on a beach, it looks like. And there's mm. a shot where she punches an old lady, which I'm assuming is a Skrull, because why else would you punch an old lady? <laughs> That's a good point. I, mean, I did that is her punching the old lady. I was like, what the fuck? That did Jesus not occur to me, but that... That makes sense for Secret Invasion, yeah. Yeah, the old lady gives a very sly smile, and you think she's just smiling. Oh, look, it's a hero in the subway train, and she punches her in the face. She that's a, that's a bad guy. But yeah, I think that <laughs> that's not Mike your mom. That's a man, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, there's gonna be like I can see that already coming. Like just the memes we, are gonna be yeah, out there. The memes yeah. with Austin Powers and her just oh god. <laughs> <laughs> that was pitch perfect. Um, but yeah, Mike Mike mentioned like what I'm gathering from this is that they could take this set up in the 90s and plant the seeds for Secret Invasion, which could happen somewhere down the MCU. They could spring Secret Invasion anytime they want because they planted the seeds in this movie. Yes, which could be huge. And oh man, for anyone that doesn't know, well, t- like Secret Invasion is when like the Skrulls what they captured a bunch of heroes. And they locked put them, them away off planet somewhere yep. and then personated them. And then it somehow should hit the fan where they realized that half the, you know, a lot of these heroes were them being impersonated by scrolls, And then they couldn't fit. It was a whole thing of like, who's a bad guy. Who's real. It was a really good take on the red scare. In my opinion, like it, it was, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, who's a commie, who's a spy, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And you did. And they didn't know. And it was, 
awesome to see Wolverine turn on people, and then it's like, oh, wait, Wolverine's a scroll, and it is... Was that the event that happened after Civil War in the comics? Yes. Yeah, that was, was that right, not... right immediately after Civil War? Yeah, that was the next major event, was um, Secret Invasion. And then I believe Siege was after that, and... can't remember what was after Siege. Because I'm just thinking of the potential of, like, somewhere down the line, some character that we've been seeing in movies for five years is suddenly then a scroll. Oh, yeah. And they could have a lot of fun with that. And even to the point where, like, if, if a hero dies, you just spin it, oh, that was a scroll the whole time. So if you want to bring well, somebody back, that's the way to do it. That was one that also happened, is that, it, like, yeah, like, somebody dies, they turn back into a scroll when they die. They don't keep the... Like, during Secret Invasion, I think that was the first time they figured it out was yeah i think it was electric wasn't electric the first one to go i thought it was patriot oh maybe i can't remember for sure but one of them dies and then they turn into a scroll and they start to realize like oh shit what what the fuck just happened here and it's a really that was a really cool series of comics to see them go that route is gonna be pretty cool because it seems like that's the route they're gonna go not to mention yeah, it so means we, we get to see super scroll at some point hopefully yeah i mean we could just be spitballing here and what their grand plan could be but if they're looking for a big event after infinity war this could be a good one to do yes they're going to need something yeah big after this you know i mean it's gonna take a you know it's obviously gonna slow down a little bit after this with Infinity War and, you know, how the building up again, I think, will start towards something yeah. else big. And I think that's a good place to start. Um, and one other thing that I sort of catch on the internet that seemed to be a theory floating around. How how well do you guys remember the conversation between Tony Stark and Peter Parker in Civil War? Like when Tony goes to vi visit Peter to recruit him to fight Cap at the airport. They're in his bedroom. They're having a conversation. How well do you remember that conversation? Because there's like a throwaway line in there that people are picking apart and saying, this actually could tie in somewhere down the line. Uh, not that well, apparently. Yeah. All right, so there's a there's a part where Tony starts showing Peter Parker videos of Spider-Man saving the day. Saying that, you know, this is you, right? You know, catching this car and doing all this stuff. And Peter's defense is, no, that man, that's such on YouTube. People put that up, you know, all these special effects. They fake all that stuff. And to which Tony replies, oh, yeah, yeah, like those UFOs over Phoenix. Which they're saying could be this throwaway line, but referring to an alien invasion that takes place in Captain Marvel. That'd be interesting. I mean, the more you think about it, it kind of seems like a stretch just because of the time period. Like, if Captain Marvel's in the 90s, YouTube wasn't really around, you don't have a means to for people to record stuff on your phone and, and do that kind of stuff back then. Right. So I don't know why they'd be referring to that that specific video in like 2015 or wherever Civil War takes place. But if that throwaway line then becomes this little breadcrumb or connective tissue to something, an event that happens in Captain Marvel, I just think that's kind of cool. Yeah, it, that would be cool. Um, but you did kind of ruin it. My, my my hype for the idea with the whole like <laughs> I explained it, it away for you. Yeah, like you got rid of it real quick there. You got me excited for it, and then you just chat on it pretty quickly well yeah because i i think I, I read it and i was like oh that's cool and then when i put it in the outline the more i thought about it, i was like wait you could i think very easily dispel that but you know who knows 
He could be referring to an event that happened years ago that just was well known for them, but not really for any of us that were, you know, seen events from the 90s in the MCU. Right. It's a time period that wasn't really explored, so they could fit it in there, I think, if they wanted. Um, And we do get to see, uh, there's a quick shot of, like, the pager that Nick Fury has in the end of Infinity War. Oh, really? It's another thing I it didn't looks, notice. It looks like a straight-up pager. Like, it doesn't have all those extra gizmos that are attached to it. So it's definitely been overhauled between Captain Marvel and Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if there's anything else that really stuck out to me from the trailer. But I, again, just from, at least from what you guys were saying, I think I kind of dug it a little bit more than you guys, but... Oh, no, I like. I'm excited to see the movie. Yeah, I just personally too. didn't didn't get any more hyped by from the trailer. Like there wasn't any part gotcha. of it that okay. made me go like, "Oh man!" But I also didn't notice the scrolls. Like, had I yeah. like, I'm gonna have to watch again if I like seeing the scrolls would have got me more hyped than anything. So yeah, like I said, maybe after we record, I'll have to I'll have to give you some time codes to check out where to pause. Um. I don't know. Anything else do you want to touch on the trailer? I think that was pretty much all the bullet points that I had from it. I'm glad we finally got a look at it because this was the trailer I've been waiting to see because we know this is the next one up and it just seemed like we were getting closer and closer to release date and they weren't giving us anything about this movie. So I'm glad that the marketing has started. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to watch any more trailers after this or just leave it at this. I'm I'm still kind of on the fence. I guess we'll see when the other trailer... If the other If the next trailer comes out and it's like two months away, I might just wait. Yeah, yeah, I think that's probably your best bet. I mean, the only other thing for me with the trailer, like her surging the power at the end, that that was an interesting look to it, and it's you know, like I they're they're gonna try to play her up as you know, obviously powerful enough to take Thanos one on one, seemingly. Yeah. So, like I said, I think Feige confirmed that she will be the most powerful hero in the MCU. So, they've established a power level with Thor, which is if she's going to be better than him, that's a that's a big big way to go. It is, but better by one percent or better by five hundred percent is the question, well, yeah, you know, we that's what we don't really know is how much more powerful than Thor is she going to go. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. It'll be interesting. We still have a little while to wait, so we'll see what we want to talk about or what we see between now and then. Um, I don't know. Any, any final thoughts from you guys on the trailer? Anything else? Mm-mm. Nothing? All right, so that's where we'll tie off the trailer then. Um, I Sort of a late addition for me for these guys since... Josh doesn't play too many video games. This was something I had sort of written down as, like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago or a month ago. I can't remember when it was. But at one point, we were going to try to get a podcast together. It didn't work out for scheduling reasons and whatnot. And I had this on the list to talk about. So figured I'll just throw it in here. I still kind of want to touch on it. And since these guys I know play some stuff, I figure I'll talk about it while they're here. So I think it was around Gamescom. I don't remember when Gamescom was. But that's the video game convention that takes place in Germany. It was sometime last month. Last month, um, during that convention, and we got a couple of video game trailers that came out. The two that I was going to talk about, just because I, I think they're some of the bigger first-person shooters, was 
uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 and Battlefield 5. Each of them put out a different type of trailer around Gamescom. Um, Black Ops, both both of them are actually getting on on the um, Battle Royale bandwagon, which like Fortnite and uh, Player Player Unknown Battlegrounds, PUBG. Um, those games have been all the rage recently. So other shooters are trying to mimic that, and they want to do their own type of game mode like that. Call of Duty put out a trailer specifically for that game mode called blackout is what they're calling it um so that's their battle royale mode um they're looking for i think i think typically if you're not familiar with the battle royale genre i guess now it's typically there's an enclosed map or an island or something that's really big you get 100 players that drop onto this island you have to be the last men standing through a shrinking play area so if you get out, cut outside the zone, you'll eventually die. If you don't get back in the zone, you want to be the last man or team standing, and then you win, and then you do it all over again. Um, Call of Duty's trying that with Blackout. They have a beta that I think is going on right now for PS4. So there's gameplay out there of people playing it now. If you check that, you can find people checking out the beta. Um, since... Typical Battle Royale games go with 100 players. Blackout for Call of Duty, I think, supports 80 players. And I think the beta, I think I read, they bumped it up to 88. So they're not getting a full 100 players. They're getting a little bit less. Um, And the trailer, I sent these guys the trailer that they put out for their Blackout mode. Uh, Based off that Blackout trailer, what do you guys think of the game mode for that trailer? Chaotic. Well... Mm-hmm. Maybe I should ask this. Have you guys either played any of the other Battle Royale games, PUBG or Fortnite or anything? I've played Fortnite. I have not played PUBG. Um, Fortnite's free. PUBG wasn't, so it wasn't, you know, Fortnite try yeah. out for nothing. Sure, absolutely. Um, Andy, have you played either? I've seen my niece and nephew play Fortnite, but I've never played it myself. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I I tried Fortnite, I think, at one point, and tried a couple matches, didn't really get into it. I was more interested in PUBG. I've seen a lot of gameplay of PUBG. Uh, I don't have a P. Well, I don't really game on PC. I'm typically console, so I ended up getting it for Xbox probably within the last two months, I think, finally. Um, played it a couple times. I enjoy it. I just haven't sat down to, like, try to get good at it. And it it's... It's different to watch people and then to actually play it yourself. I think watching, I was like, oh, yeah, I could, I could totally do this. I can handle this. And then you play it, and it scares the shit out of me every fucking time I play it. Just sound design-wise, I feel like it's completely quiet, and then there's gunshots, and you're getting hit, and you go down before you even know what happened, and it scares the crap out of me every fucking time. <laughs> um, so just, Andy, you said the trailer looked chaotic to you. Is it something you think you'd enjoy or something that just looks really out of control? It looked vaguely out of control. So you wouldn't even doesn't it was, do any interest it was, it was you at all. It was a bunch of explosions or... and, and shooting. It, it, it was just like I don't know if they were just showing like the quickest, most action-packed blurbs of the whole thing. You know, probably, probably. <laughs> but uh, intimidating, I think, because I'm not one of those like really good Call of Duty players. Yeah. So. Well, from what you know of the battle royale genre, do you think you'd you'd like that in a Call of Duty setting, or 
I would certainly not shy away from the game mode. Sort of like a first-person battle royale mode with yeah that kind of map. I think no, I think that would add uh, some pretty neat um, strategies and uh, I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> um, I I personally. I don't really care for the Battle Royale games. Um, it's not my speed. And watching that, it looks more fun than PUBG or Fortnite. But it also looks like something that would just be frustration. Um, yeah. Where, like, you know, I'm in a very average shooter PvP player. And. I feel like most games, average players are just going to spawn in, die somewhere in the 40s or 30s, and have to start over again. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. It, it seems like an effort and frustration. Um, yeah, because the whole point with the Battle Royale stuff is you you parachute in or spawn in or whatever you do to get to this place, and you are you get there with nothing. You have to get resources, health packs, energy packs, armor, a backpack, weapons, ammo, all that stuff, mm-hmm. and loot as you go, and then hopefully survive to the end. And the stuff, the the beta gameplay that I looked at for Blackout, it seemed like they people can get weapons and stuff like that, but once you get armor, it seems like it's a really long time to kill, and it seemed like that was a complaint for a lot of people playing a game. Whereas they're just laying into people with a weapon that they feel like is should pack more of a punch, and no one's going down, and then they die. I think with 80-player Battle Royale, single-death elimination, you need to give that higher time to kill. I don't think they're necessarily wrong at that. It's just Call of Duty players aren't used to it, I don't think. Well, that could be too, um, yeah. But I just think the reason for it has to be that... If I'm going to load into a match and the first person that happens to see me can unload two bullets into me quickly and I'm dead, like most Call of Duty games, yeah, I'm not going to enjoy it at all. Because, you know, the Battle Royale games are not... It's not. It wouldn't be fun to just be like, who sees who first? Right. Which is very often who wins the engagements in Call of Duty, is the people with the most battlefield awareness. Um, well, let me ask you guys this. What was the last Call of Duty game you played? Well, uh, I played the, the World at War. Really? Okay. That's oh, a, that was a minute ago. Yeah, yeah that, that, that's a long ways back. Uh, for, I played the beta for World War II. I did not buy the game after having played the beta. Okay. Um, before that, I played the campaign for Ghosts um, and Modern Warfare 3. Wait, well, no, I guess Black Ops 2. I didn't play Black Ops 3. Okay. Yeah, I think that's probably when I fell off, too. I remember vividly playing Modern Warfare 3 for a lot. Black Ops 2, I remember doing the campaign, playing some of multiplayer, and by a month after release of that game, I was like, you know what, I think I'm done. And haven't really looked back to Call of Duty. I played a lot of zombies. That 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 was what nearly got me to buy World War 2, was the inclusion of zombies. And then I yeah, got some okay. fairly unfavorable opinions about the zombies. 
from friends that did <laughs> play it, and I said, okay, well, when Zombies comes back properly, then I'll, you know, when I get some good reviews, like, oh, man, Zombies is amazing, I'll go right. in, because I, I love the hell out of that mode. Um, I think it was the first Black Ops when you spawn in and you can be one of the four presidents. It was just hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Tell by your voice which president you are. That was great. World at War, that was the first one with zombies, right? Yes. I don't remember. It was like a one-map mode back then. Yeah, it wasn't very I don't remember... deep on World at War. Yeah. It was like a little throw-in mini-game almost. And then people loved it. And... Black Ops 1 had a much more extensive version, and Black Ops 2 even further. And then Black Ops 3, I think, just left it out, and people went crazy. Have you not done any of the zombies, Andy? I've done it on other people's machines, but I've never okay. myself gone to the zombie one. Yeah, I just, I just didn't know, didn't realize if you played it at all. Yeah, the way I mean, you didn't seem like you realized it was on that game. <laughs> Yeah, the, it, it, but as far as whether or not I'll be rolling to this, um, when we talk about the next trailer, yeah, that'll be the reason why I'm not going to be very into it. Yeah, yeah. I guess the other thing to point out too is Black Ops Four or Three. Wait, Three. What are we on? Four. Four. This is Four. Yeah. Um, either they're all blended together to me anymore. Um. I think this is the first game that doesn't really have a single-player campaign for Call of Duty, which is normally maybe not something everybody plays, but they're at least known for having those in there. So they're definitely focusing on a lot of the multiplayer for this game. So, And I know there's hardcore Call of Duty multiplayer players out there that will buy this game just for the, the multiplayer aspect of it. And they're going to get a lot of zombies, they're going to get regular multiplayer, and they're going to get blackout with this game. So there is content in there to hold people over. Um... I just regular PVP. I get so frustrated playing Call of Duty, and that was why I backed out and didn't look back because it really got on my nerves. Um, this blackout mode, for at least from what I've seen, seems like an interesting take on the battle royale. That I would give it a shot. I don't know if it'd be enough to interest me in buying the game. The zombies are are like Mike said; they're usually fun to play. I would try that too, but it's definitely not a game I'm going to buy at 60 bucks. If it drops in price for like 30 or 20, I might pick it up and try yeah. it. That, that sounds it's not... reasonable. Typically, the Call of Duty games, I started realizing I'd buy them, I'd play them for a month, put them down, and never look back. So I don't want to pay $60 for a game I'm going to pay play for a month and then be done with it. So I, I don't expect to get that one. Maybe if it's on sale, like I said, if it's cheap or something, I might dive into it, but first first go I, it doesn't interest me as much um like mike sort of alluded to the second game we'll talk about battlefield 5 that was another trailer that came out around gamescom from ea and dice the trailer we watched is just called this is battlefield 5 and it summarizes summarizes a lot of the improvements and updates that come to the next installment of this battlefield franchise um it summarizes everything like you they talk about the campaign they talk about multiplayer they talk about the battle rail mode that they're putting in the game the uh battle rail part of it, it they're calling firestorm uh it supports even less players than call of duties they're saying the firestorm supports 16 teams of four so it's 64 people total which is the same amount for typical conquest match that you can play online for battlefield so there's no more or, no, or less people 
But the mention of that trailer that it says 16 teams of four, that makes me think that their mode is going to be a lot more team-based yeah. than just dropping in by yourself like other Battle Royale games will do. Maybe even objectives think, would be nice. Yeah, it could be. You know? I mean, I understand the lower player count because I think Battlefield in a lot of their games recently, they all emphasize the destructibility and the environments and stuff like that. So if the game has to process all that extra stuff and just instead of just people running around a static environment, right. I can understand why the player count's low. The emphasis on squads is interesting to me. I think that's going to be a different twist for a Battle Royale game, which, I mean, you can do squads and teams in other Battle Royale games, but you can still play solo if you want to. But Battlefield, I think, is is much more of a team-based game. They they try to emphasize team play and helping each other out and getting points and object, playing the objective and a lot less of the lone wolf type of game style that maybe is a little bit more prevalent in Call of Duty. Um, mm -hmm. And the other thing to note, too, is they just had an open beta for Battlefield Five, So you could have tried, I think, a couple online matches and maps uh, for a weekend. I don't know if it was maybe two or three weeks ago. It was out. I think I ended up trying it for a little bit, so I don't know. Did either you guys get a chance to try the beta no. when it was out? I didn't even know it was happening, honestly. So yeah, I mean, they had a closed beta for a little while, and then they opened it up for like three days or something over the weekend for people. And uh, I checked it. I I love the Battlefield franchise. If I had to pick between Call of Duty and Battlefield, Battlefield's where I go. And I thought the beta was pretty solid. They changed up some stuff that was. It gave a new dynamic to the multiplayer case in point that each I was, you know, in the conquest game mode where you have to capture flags and hold those points at each one of those, they have a health station and an ammo station. So when you spawn in, you have maybe two clips in your gun and then you're out of ammo. But if you kill someone, you can pick up like a clip or some ammo to use, or you go back to one of these flags and you have to refill your ammo, either that or find the support class, which also can give you ammo. So there's ways to get ammo. But the fact that you are very limited, it was it changed my playstyle to the point where I was really picking my shots and worrying about ammo supply, which I'd never done in a Battlefield game before. Hmm. So that was interesting. I don't know if they're going to keep that in the final game, but for the beta, I thought that was really different way to play. Different good cool or different game bad? mode. I liked it. It felt like more... I wasn't just spraying and playing yeah. everywhere. So I I was really like strategize like you know if you see someone running down the field you might not have a clear shot but typically you're just going to fire off rounds and see if you hit somebody suddenly i'm thinking well if i miss am i going to waste all the ammo that i have and then when i finally get to him i'm not going to be able to kill him so you um, i was like stalking people maybe more than i normally would it forces me to move which i like mm -hmm. like you can't just camp out somewhere because if you sit there and you go through your two clips you're done so it i feel like it's a way to combat campers which I like. It's also more realistic. Yeah, because that too. It, there's no such thing as a soldier running around on the battlefield with 590 rounds on him. Yeah, you know that that just doesn't happen. And it's another way to emphasize team play. Like you're looking for that support guy to give you ammo. Mm -hmm. Um, so the trailer that we watched, the the this is Battlefield Five trailer. What did you guys think of the trailer? Anything stuck out to you from the game or gameplay? Um. Two things. One, that's how you make a game trailer. Uh, that, that's what you need to do. You, they gave me all the information I needed to know to know that I want to play that game. Or, if you didn't want to play it, you would have all the information about what's in the game to know. They gave you yeah. maximum information. They were very transparent about what's going to be in the game. 
I think that's really important. The other one that struck me is they, you know, this is coming from EA Dice, and they're saying one price, all content. Mm, yeah, yeah. There's no. This is the first Battlefield game that does not have a premium pass. Yeah, no, no premium pass, no DLC purchases. This is going to be Battlefield Five. You buy the game. This content that's evolving with the game is going to be coming to you at no extra cost. Which, thinking about it, correct me if I'm wrong, the Black Ops 4, the zombie additions to that game, you have to pay for those, correct? They're not free updates? I don't know. I didn't even... Like, I think it I comes, I think it comes with some... Because I think it comes with some to start with, but I think they're, like, they've announced, like, different DLC of zombies for that game, but I don't remember if they're free or if you buy each of those packs if you want to play them. Probably buy them. Because if you have to buy them, that's another... I feel like it's another win in Battlefield's camp mm-hmm. for free content. I agree. And... I guess, you know, it's a matter of... just playing their cards, right? I mean, I guess EA really learned their lesson with Battlefront and what people want out of the games. And they don't want nickel and dimed. So, see, this is the only sad part is I think Battle like EA and Dice are making some really good fucking games. I think Battlefront is a really solid game, but that got overshadowed with the whole loot box shit, and they're still trying to fix that game. Like every time I feel like they do something, they get shit from all the fans of the game for stupid. St- like they just announced they were doing like a clone uh, cosmetic update that you could you could purchase with in-game currency uh like paint skins for the like a different legion of the clone troopers Mm. which would change the paint scheme to match some of the ones in the movies they put that out and then suddenly fans were bitching at dice saying this isn't movie accurate if you're basing it off this squad it should look like this and this is the difference here and this is how it should be painted you shouldn't just put one skin on all these different characters meanwhile the amount of work that goes in there for dice to be able to change all that stuff and make it unique for different classes of character. That's a lot of work for them. But the fans bitched about it enough that now DICE is going to update that and change it. But it's like they're not happy with the updates they're getting. They just want to <laughs> bitch about everything that happens. And so I feel like the game is getting a lot of shit for doing a lot of stuff right. Granted, it took a while to get there, but... You mean... They're... they're... You mean, like, gaming communities can be toxic? They, they, well, yeah, <laughs> no it's way. New, I guess recently, but I just feel like they're getting like it feels like they're getting it more than others that I can tell. Specifically, too, with Battlefield Five, they're this game is getting a lot of shit because they put a woman soldier on the cover of the game. <laughs> I think that looks cool. But all the historical trolls and fanboys out there are saying, "Well, women didn't fight in World War Two, so why are you making women soldiers?" Forget the like. This is just equality. It's a fucking video game. <laughs> to give someone the women that play the game would like to play women soldiers. It has nothing to do with historical accuracy. It's entertainment. Yeah, you're paying for entertainment. You know what else didn't happen historically? You didn't get killed on the battlefield and respawn in ten seconds. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, you know, we'll just move on from people that complain about people that complain about things like that. I just kind of laugh and shrug and say, you know what, your opinion is no, not valid. Just. <laughs> Like, if your opinion I mean, is it shouldn't be a woman, just fuck off. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Like, and that's the thing that that the backlash for a woman on the cover of the game is getting more media coverage than what the game is supposed to do and how well this game could be. And that irritates me for fans of video games. Like well, people are just running with these stupid ass stories, and it's overshadowing what I think is a really solid good game. I mean, I'll tell you one thing that I noticed with Battlefield because they allowed you it well I don't know if it was manipulation or if you were able to do it but they allowed you to put your own picture up in Battlefield. Uh so mm. in the kill feed when somebody killed you you would see their name and then you would see a little picture that they put into the game next to their name. Do you know how many times in that game I got killed and it was a swastika? It was an SS uh, yeah, symbol. Yeah. It yeah. was and it, it like it's like I understand why some of those fans are out there bitching about a woman being on the cover because they're the type of fans that are putting swastikas in their little pictures and right. things like yeah. that. And it's like, I get it, but the answer's the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't even remember really what point I was trying to make other than, like, I... Gaming communities it, are toxic toward the developers. Yeah, because they want developers are putting themselves out there to you know keep an open line of communication with the community, and all they hear about is shit. They hear from shitty people, and they get crap all the time for investing three years of their time into making a game, especially ones that I think are done really well. But you don't hear about how well they're done. All you hear about is all, all the shit that these people get for making a quality product. Uh, until the Oasis exists and everybody can just kind of make their own game out of everything. Uh, to, <laughs> to suit their own particular needs individually. Then not every game is going to meet your every need. Because yeah. they can't possibly make a game to suit the millions of people that play them all individually. You can't do it. Yeah. Your wants versus somebody else's wants versus another person's are all different. Get over it, play the game, or don't. Yeah, if you don't like it, don't buy the game. Don't bitch about how much you don't like the game. Just don't fucking buy it. Right. The only stuff I give them, you know, like, a little leeway on complaining about is when something is actually broken. Or there's a glitch. Or, right. you know, like, if you want a glitch that somebody on the other team managed to glitch himself inside a brick wall that can't be broken and is shooting you with just the point of his gun sticking out of the wall. Okay, go ahead and bitch. Yeah. Uh, but if you want a bitch that your preferred play style isn't catered to enough, go play a game that caters to it. Yeah. You know? I, it, it... The other thing that um, I think is a valid bitch point is uh, pay to win. Oh, well, yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely... Yeah. A valid bitch point. I, I thought that was dying out completely at this point, but I guess free games still have that kind of thing going on. I think those mobile free games, like with that type of model, are making a lot more money than any of us want to care to admit. So they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. I have not touched a game that has that model in well over a year now. Like I, I just I can't do it anymore. I just refuse. It's just yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, alright, we're gonna try to spin this back around, but back to the the trailer and stuff like that. Andy, was there anything in there that stuck out to you that you wanna, you liked or didn't uh, like? I liked, uh, it, it seemed like it had a lot of uh, campaign content, at least yes. three or four different story modes that you could do. Um, yeah. I also thought graphically it looked much better than the Call of yeah. Duty, uh, 
graphics. Um, I'm not sure exactly why. Maybe the Call of Duty wasn't quite as polished as, as the Battlefield content was. And I'm really intrigued by these um, the, the, the game mode that's supposed to happen post-launch. Uh, what did they call it? Tides of Tides War. Tides of War yes. seemed really, really neat to me. Yeah. So, um, I was one of the uh, people that bought Battlefield 1942. I don't know if you remember playing that on the computer or over at our house, Brian. I do. Yeah, that was yeah. like. And then we did Battlefield Vietnam right, right too. I think that, that was yeah, on there too. Those were their, like their first two iterations of Battlefield. So, I'm pretty excited they're heading back to to uh, World War II because they did it really well the first time. So, did you happen to play Battlefield One at all? I uh, know I w- I almost bought it, but I did not. That that it looks like they're following a similar model with the campaign, at least where they're going to tell multiple stories from different angles of the war, which is it's what they did with Battlefield One, and it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had some like awesome hero moments, like the. Taking on the there Italian couple, like the, side is like the armored. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say there was a couple missions straight on that was just like you and your tank crew. Yeah, and you were just trying to get a tank from point A to point B, but you kept encountering all these problems along the way. Yep. Yeah, like get out of the tank, go here, shoot this, kill that, fix the tank, move forward right. a few hundred yards. Yeah. It. it but it, it does look to go that same. Same kind of route where they're going to tell these, I don't want to say one-shot stories, but that's essentially what they are. Like, they're longer than one-shot stories, but it's a one-shot story of this one character that you play as for the extent of that campaign. And then you pick up another campaign. And so on down the line. So, I think that... uh, it's a good way for a war campaign story to be told. Yeah, they can't tell you that the Battlefield, at least Battlefield Five, is going to be short on content. I think compared to what Call of Duty has, Call of Duty has, you know, the regular multiplayer mode with whatever type of game types they have in there. They have the blackout mode, and they have zombies. Battlefield's going to have all these war stories. They're going to do. Uh, they listed what eight types of multiplayer matches. Mm-hmm. Yep. On top of the Tides of War, I can't remember if Grand Operations was listed as part of their multiplayer stuff or if that was something separate yeah, as well. I, I They're going to do the Firestorm believe, mode on top of that. I think, they had, I, I think they had Grand Conquest. I think they may have changed the name. Okay. Because I think I've seen, like, seen Conquest and then a different type of Conquest. I can't remember if it was Grand Conquest and there was Grand op- Operations or if it was some other type of Conquest. But there, there okay. was two types. Of conquest for sure. Yeah, and like Andy was saying, the Tides of War thing sounds like they said it's like four days missions that could take yeah span like four days of a thing. So I don't know if that's real time or if that's game time. Like I'm I'm curious to see how that works. If that's like you log in one day and you play this battle and see how you do, and then the next day it's this battle, or if it's like the Grand Operations from Battlefield One, where you're attack and defend type of thing lasted three in-game days, so you basically had three tries to advance through three maps. And if you failed, if the defense held you, then the day passed and you start again and you try to advance even further. And that was a really cool multiplayer 
game type that I hadn't really played before that I thought was this was interesting. Yeah. And just, I mean, to me, between playing Call of Duty when I used to, so I don't know if it's any better now, and then coming to Battlefield, I think Battlefield, like Andy pointed out, one, I think looks better, and two, I am in love with the sound design that they do in those games. I think Battlefield is one of the best-sounding video games ever. Yeah. They, they, they definitely... Battlefield 1 may not have had uh, period correct guns in every case, but the sound of the guns that you were using was on point. Yeah. like And the sound of the explosions, the buildings breaking, everything happening around you all at once, and even when they mix and, you know, topple over each other in the sound department, everything sounded incredible. What did you guys think of the uh, the new construction thing? Oh, the fortifications. Yeah, yeah that was new. Yeah, that that's going to be that's a an interesting dynamic sort of thing. So, right. I, I, yeah, I think I think they had in the works before Fortnite because I think they've hyped all this destructibility in the last couple Battlefield games, and then they realized that you know ten minutes into a mat into a thirty minute match, the whole battlefield is leveled. <laughs> And there's no buildings to get cover behind. There's nothing to do. It's just a flat plane because everything's busted. So they found a way to sort of re, you know, bring that back up and make cover again to give people places to to fortify. So that mm-hmm. I think is going to be really interesting. It's going to depend. I'm curious to see how long it takes to fortify things. Like if it takes you a really long time to build things, and you're just going to get picked off every time you're sitting there trying to build something. That could get really annoying. I think the one pick, the one shot in the video there made it look like it was almost instant for certain things and i think other things are going to take longer i like i hope it's not i think it depends on your vehicles in battlefield one because if that happens you're going to be screwed i think part of it too i think it depends on your class too like i think certain classes do things better than others yeah if you're like like engineer or something you probably be able to build things a little quicker right and i think i something from the beta too the medic isn't the only person that can revive people now. Oh. So if you go down, you can call for help, and anyone on your team that's near you can bring you back up. They can't bring you back to full health, but they can get you up off the ground. Medics, I think, can bring you back full health. Okay. And then you go about your business. So there's a difference there. So there could be something, like Andy said, with the support class and trying to fortify. That could be a difference. Yeah. And then the other thing I noticed from the beta, too, is it sort of has a system that's similar to Battlefront in that when you're gaining these points during a multiplayer match, you can cash them in for different things. So there's like a supply drop. They show that V rocket, the V2 rocket or V1 rocket in the uh, trailer. That looks amazing. That looks you're cool. going to have to get so Which, many points for that, but yeah. it looks incredible. I've se- I saw, I was watching, I don't know, some YouTube video somewhere that was just showing the kill streaks people were getting with that thing. Yeah. Like taking out 10 people with one rocket. Yeah. <laughs> if you hit the right spot, it was insane. But that, that, that's why, because like the the blast radius on the thing looked enormous. <laughs> and that, yeah, even playing the match too, like I seen it hit the ground a couple times, and if you're close enough to it, it may not kill you, but it does knock you on your ass. Like it, it sends out a shockwave that knocks people over. Oh wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and the you know back to the sound design, the sound design of that thing flying in, because you hear the plane overhead, right. So you can hear the plane coming. You don't know where it's coming. And then you just got to look and look for the whistle. And when you hear that thing fall and just get the hell out of the way. Because it, oh my God, it's fantastic when it hits the ground. (laughs) 
I, I look forward to that. They, like I said, that's gonna that's probably gonna cost a ton to ha- to be able to drop. Yeah, that's the most. Yeah, that was the most points for for the multiplayer matches for you to cash in. Yeah. Because I think it was like you get a supply drop at the lowest points. A medium point would have been like calling in a tank, I think, some sort of armored vehicle, and then the most was calling in the rocket. Hmm. Um, so that's sort of like the main, or you know, most of the game types for the game. The the firestorm battle royale mode. Do you think that looks or sounds any better than what we saw f- compared to Blackout for Call of Duty? The lower player count. Does that mean anything to you guys? I mean, it- uh, no. <laughs> I think it, the being only team based and the chance to, for them to add objectives to it, as opposed to just you know King of the Hill kind right. of right. thing, I think is a really good idea. Um, if they yeah. add objectives, if it's you know like your team needs to secure this point or you're out, it, that would be an interesting thing. Or your team needs to do this, deliver this to that point, something. You know, add objectives for each team to accomplish while they're doing things. Yeah. So, like, random team C has to defend this point from random team R and see what happens when the two engage. If R wins, they get their players back, per se. You know, well, I'm even wondering if you could... And get the objective complete, they get their players back, you know, whoever they might lose trying to do it. I wonder if they just use, like, typical Battlefield gameplay, but instead of, like, one team of 32 versus another team of 32, you just have splintered teams of four. So you can still, like, revive each other and bring each other back to life, but you're still, you know, trying to fight in a in, in shrinking area amongst all these other teams. Mm-hmm. Like, that could be a different enough dynamic. And they've said, like, that that mode features vehicles and shit, too, so I don't know what they're going to leave in there, if it's going to be tanks and crap, but... It could get ugly if they leave some of those bigger vehicles in there. It could also oh, yeah. get ugly um, doing uh, pug groups with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. People just running off doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, honestly, yeah. You give me a mortar truck and I'll just make it rain. <laughs> like, I, I love those in Battlefield 1. That, that was my favorite. That's the thing. thing depending, on, depending on what vehicles they leave in there, it could. They could just. Some people might just be destroying and running the table. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's it's hit or miss. I, yeah, that part of it, the vehicle part of it, because even just multiplayer matches, if you get stuck against a team that is utilizing every single vehicle very well, you can't do shit, and it is, it is not fun to play that match. So, yeah, it'll be... I, I'd like to see more details or, or some gameplay of it or something, but from what they announced, I don't know if it... Sounds better or worse than the blackout mode to me. I mean, just Battlefield in general sounds better, but the the specific battle royale mode, I don't know how I if I feel good about it one way or the other. So yeah, I don't know if uh, any closing thoughts for you guys on either of these. It sounds like if we have a preference, we're we're all leaning towards Battlefield. I I would uh, probably ninety five to five percent buy Battlefield Five over <laughs> Call of Duty. Okay. Yeah, I for me it's a hundred to zero. Um, <laughs> and, and look, hey, I'm not a teenage boy. I, I'm not doing Call of Duty anymore. It's just not. It doesn't interest me. I yeah, I think COD definitely has their audience that isn't going to go anywhere. So yep, they'll be fine. Yeah, they they have their fans. 
and I'm just not one of them. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm with these guys. I'm I'm definitely leaning towards Battlefield a lot more than Call of Duty. Like I said, if I find Call of Duty really cheap, Blackout seems interesting. Zombies is usually fun, but I don't know if I'd play those alone. Like I feel like I'd if I had other people that I knew had those games or would get them when they're cheap, that could be a deciding factor for me. If it's just me buying Call of Duty, I don't know if I'd if I'd bite on it, but Battlefield I w- I will most likely get. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, I could see zombies being fun. That's the five percent. Yeah. There's, I I lean more towards co-op stuff. If I can play some stuff with my friends that way, that's a big deciding factor for me. Well, that's the other question now, Andy. You're on Xbox now. You're gonna have to play Battlefield with us when it comes out. <laughs> I don't have to. No, not if you <laughs> buy it on PlayStation. Right? <laughs> See, Brian, you can buy it on PlayStation now. I could, but I don't want to buy it twice. Well, what the <laughs> shit? I don't want to buy it twice either. <laughs> Do you still play your PlayStation? Because I do see you on Xbox a good bit. Um, not much lately, honestly. Sea of Thieves is sucking up your life. Sea of Thieves and uh, Elder Scrolls Online are destroying me right now. <laughs> we still have to get together and play Battlefront. I know. What the fuck? I know. We have to set aside some time for yeah. that. What the fuck? <laughs> Mike, you still have that game downloaded? No, but I could download it. I got, like, a bunch of people to buy it when it was real cheap, and I haven't played with anyone yet. What the crap? (laughs) (laughs) It's $9. You're fine. You'll survive. I have been trying to sharpen my skills. It has not been going well. (laughs) What, in Battlefront? Yeah, it's not well at all. (laughs) I'll I'll re-download it. I'll be absolute trash playing it, but I will will re-download it. It's, it's, I, I still think that's a solid game. I really oh, like it. Oh, it's fun. It's Star Wars. I get geeked over all the music and the blasts, and then and then I die a lot. And then I'm just like, yeah, well, I'm still playing Star Wars. Uh, to, to me, yeah, they're the getting theme some is new all heroes. about space battles. Yeah, I really like those, too. I haven't done those yet. Oh, man, they're the best. They're real pretty, too. Oh, yes. All right, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to find some time to get to, get together and do that. Um, yes, all right, anything some. else for for yeah, yes, have some. <laughs> uh any any other uh closing thoughts for either of these games? Otherwise, I think this is probably where we should close it down. Not for me. Shut her down. righty. All right, well, it looks like uh since we haven't done this in a while, you guys got a jam-packed episode. This is going to be maybe our longest? I don't know. We're we're pushing. I think we're over 3 hours. It could be close to three hours somewhere when all said and done. I've got uh, which, is, which is you still got the shit break. I've got you're, like you're okay. yeah, almost almost. Well, you cut out twenty some minutes of our intro and and ten minute shit break and probably be close to about three hours. Oh man, yeah, yeah. It'll be longer. We'll see where we end up. I'll let you know, Andy, when it's all when it's final final cuts done. How long we end all up right. being? All right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so if you enjoyed the show, please stop by iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show. You can also find us on Google Play now. So search Bry Guy Super Friends there, and we should hopefully come up for all you Android people. Um, and as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Friends. That's probably the best place to talk to us. You can leave us questions, comments, topics, suggestions there. 
Um, I say it all the time, but I barely check it. You can email us, brightguysuperfriends at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. They are active, even though I don't check them, but uh, we could maybe get back to you at some point on there. And on behalf of Andy, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Arr!